0: Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of the Who Art Thou podcast, I'm your host Barak Carlin, and today for my guest I have Aaron aka Skinner to chat with me, uh, it was fantastic having Aaron on, uh, we'll be chatting about his early interest in music and what led to the creation of the band Skinner, uh, his creative process and his latest EP Commander Trainwreck which was out this year amongst a whole host of other things as well and speaking of hosts I have uh, Zach Stevenson with me in this particular episode acting as co-host slash fact checker I think was the title that he wanted to go with in his little brown suit Um, and yeah and Zach very kindly hosted the night for us as well so we had a few cans over at his and that was it was it was a lot of fun recording it but I will say one thing uh, when we got the files back for production we just had a little bit technical difficulties with Zach's microphone audio so you'll be hearing his voice being picked up by myself and Aaron's mic it won't be his I hope that's fine Um, it's myself and Aaron mainly talking for most of the episode anyway so I'll get on with it here's the theme music by Zach Stevenson Okay, wait, wait. I always, I, this is the part that I hate about the podcast, is introducing everybody at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, I just yeah. like just starting straight away. So we have Aaron from Skinner here as guest. You're going to be uh, guest number 30. Okay. So, yeah. So is that is that cool That's with you? That's nice, <laughs> a nice, even number. Thank you for coming on. What?
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's start again. Now, hold on. Wait. What is going on? I thought you were still just talking normally. No, no,
0: no. I just get, because I always do an intro. No, we can just leave it like that. It'll be funnier. Okay, okay. So yeah.
1: you're <laughs> It's the Christmas
0: party. (laughs) Oh yeah, so we also have... Sorry, I forgot that Zach is with us here as well. So we have Zach. I don't know, Zach, are you co-host today or are you co-guest? I'm
2: the guy in the podcast who sits at the computer and like doodles stuff for you guys while you're talking. Okay, fact checker. Yeah. Producer. Sure, producer. We'll go with producer. Should be
0: noted he is wearing a suit. And it's a lovely
2: suit at (laughs) all. It's what we got in a cardigan. Won uh, 40 quid on the ferry with the... from two pound fifty on the slots. And no, you
1: got it. No, you got it off a oh, yeah, twenty five p, p bet. Oh, that was it. Yeah, twenty five p bet,
2: and it got forty pounds return. Imagine it was a two. It was a two pound bet. It would have been like two hundred quid. Twenty
1: five p. Yeah,
2: and yeah. It won forty pounds off of it. So <laughs> I bought two toasties, a suit, three hats. Uh, I think, like I don't know what else we got. We just bought a bunch of stuff with it. Mm,
0: okay. Well, because it is the Christmas episode, I brought us a little treat uh just a small trip you can
1: have it oh nice what is it what's it gonna be
0: We can have it oh, during the episode it's in a, a block of butter his name is oliver <laughs> 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 yeah we can have that later uh but i guess the first question like that well we won't go into the question how was other voices actually because you just played it, just back from it
1: it was amazing it was fucking savage um such a magical festival um just everything about it was amazing. Really, really great bands. Um and then they just treat you really 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 nicely over there as well. Um to you. Oh, pull the mic in, sorry. My etiquette's really bad. No, you're grand don't worry. <laughs> yeah, it was lovely. We had a fucking great time. Mm. Filthy sessions every night. <laughs> <laughs> lovely
0: people too. It's such a weird festival because I remember the first time I went to it, um I went down with somebody's child. Well, I didn't didn't intentionally, but then but just the, you're going into these areas where you're seeing these huge bands in tiny, tiny spaces. Like, yeah, no, I fucking love it. I can't, I wish I went this year, yeah, but just like, money was, was an issue. because
2: it was like a rent-a-crowd. Like you could put on like literally like- Anything. Know, any noise like thing and there would be a full venue. <laughs> <So> like,
1: <laughs> we couldn't get over how many people were just queuing up. It was unbelievable. Like, yeah. and like the venues, even though they're tiny and the sound like isn't great, It's more about, like, the performance of that night. So, like, everyone's already sloshed as well, like, from, like, as soon as they wake up in the morning. So it makes it even better.
0: Yeah. The Voices was the night where I had went to bed and woke up the next day. My friend Shay was in the bed next to me and he was like, "Uh, Barra, you shit the bed. And I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And he was like, look down. And I looked down the side of the bed and it was all brown, like all of it, liquid brown, all down the side of the bed. And we were in a hotel. And I was like, what the fuck? And then I put my hand down my cax. And I was like, oh no. And it was all wet. I was like, I did shit the bed. And I took the took the blanket back and it turns out it was a pint of
1: Guinness was between oh my legs. My God. God.
2: That is the most other voices thing ever. Yeah, that is most like, other voices. The pint of Guinness doesn't leave your hand like, no matter where you go. You know what I mean? Duck taping like, it to it. You don't even like, the, the pints are just like Dingle's pint glasses. I'm sure the pub owners would disagree, but it just felt like you walk into any pub you're walking around with the pipe everywhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. It is it, but I I remember coming back every single night it was almost like almost like you were hallucinating how pissed you were. <laughs> like you were so pissed you were hallucinating. But anyway. Uh, maybe you were also. Maybe, yeah. maybe you were hallucinating. Maybe I was actually <laughs> I remember there was a guy just hopping, going around, hopping, offering people poppers all the time, just everywhere you went. He was just this when year? you meet. Her. No, the like, the year that I went, just everywhere you went, he was just poppers. There's and just always like, oh. a poppers guy at those things. I don't know what it is about it, but every town's got one. Every
1: town's got one, and if you don't know who it is, it's probably you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> was pointing at himself, <laughs> those of you who aren't on the patreon getting the video feed of the podcast,
0: i had the nickname poppers roach over covid
1: <laughs> poppers roach <laughs> oh my god it's amazing
0: but uh, i guess the first question i have for you Aaron, is what did you well the second question what uh what was like your first foray into music like what made you think oh i can make a career out of this and got you interested in uh
1: well i never thought i could make a career out of it still don't <laughs> uh I think that I actually didn't... I When I was a kid, I used to always be singing like songs and stuff like that, but I was never really into music. And I remember when I was like, I think six or seven, my sister got a like a really shitty acoustic Spanish guitar for Christmas. And uh, she like played it for like a day and then like left it there. And then it sat in the house for like a year. So I would have been like, I think seven or eight. And I just started picking it up. And I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. And then I went and got guitar lessons then for like a year. And I just kind of like... some reason just progressed it much quicker than like most other people would so i really got into like playing guitar then and then it got to the point where i didn't really need the lessons anymore so i just started teaching myself and then i started playing in bands when i was like 10 um and basically just started playing in bands when i was like a young kid and uh just really enjoyed the process of like playing with other people but i always really loved to write songs so Mm. i would like bring songs to this band was in a band with like kids who were like way older than me they were like say way older they were like a year or two older which is a huge difference at that age and i would bring it to them and like they'd always just be like oh like no this is shit we're not playing this and i'd be like oh yeah okay cool guys no worries um but uh
0: yeah the sight of
1: that yeah i know it's tough but uh i think so i was just a guitar player and i thought of myself as a guitar player for like all of my like young adult life i never thought but i was always writing songs as well but like it would never be played for anyone. And then when I was, I think, 14 or 15, I got really into, like, American folk music. So That's my, not
0: what I thought you were going to no, say. No, <laughs> not at all. My,
1: my dad is huge. He's a huge, like, fan of, like, um American folk and, like, kind of any, any, any like, strand of folk. But, like, a lot of, like, Joan Baez, Roscoe Holcomb, Pete Seeger, um, stuff like that. And then from, like, the age of, like, 14 to, like, 19, is the only thing I listened to was American folk. Like, I didn't even mm-hmm. know it was on the radio. For like most of like those years And then you it's like
0: Destiny's Child No like yeah I,
1: I missed like everything And then like years later I'm like hearing these songs And they're like I've never heard It's like I just just I was listening to fucking like yeah, I don't know like uh, Tom Clancy back then <laughs> <laughs> The Clancy bro I don't know like Say so. Tom
0: Clancy like The guy who wrote Jack, Ra- Jack Reacher Sorry my mix and, uh, I'm not mixing
1: up Sorry just the, the One of the Clancy brothers oh, yeah. I can't remember his first name But one of the Clancy brothers oh, okay. the bay, yeah. I was
0: like the sci-fi writer Also was Into folk music I, I wish
1: Liam <laughs> I think it is Liam Yeah yeah, yeah. Liam Clancy Um, So yeah like I did that And I was also busking Like for years So like okay. I like started off My first like foray Into performing like In terms of singing And stuff like that Was through busking It was back in Dublin When you could do it Without a license So like everyone was just like Lying the streets and Because I look so young um, I would make like shit loads of money, <laughs> <laughs> like an unbelievable. Like if you think like an hour's work coming out with like two hundred quid in like one what? one ones and two euros, and then like I remember like going what to. The, what age were you, sorry? What I would have this? been like fifteen at Fuck this time. Me, man. Yeah, and then I started bringing my other friend as well, who's a year younger than me. We'd always go at Christmas time, and he, we, I would dress him up. Well, he would dress up in like a a Christmas jumper and a Santa hat and like fingerless gloves. And people would take such pity on them. It was so funny. They <laughs> were like, he would like come home with like, I think like close to 500 quid, like after a what? day's work. Yeah, like once in two years. When did they bring in the license thing then? They brought in the license. I was, I think, probably 17 or 18. So, uh, I don't know, like 2014, 2015. Bastards. Um, that's like a <laughs> and then I gave it up then anyway, because it had become to a point where like, people were still trying to bust without license and they were getting caught. And then fine, so I just kind of left it. But uh, doing that definitely helped me, like as a performer, in terms of like when you're on a street, there's nothing like that you can hide behind. You're just there. Mm. You've got to be good. You've got to like catch catch crowds' attention like straight away. So um, and during that period as well, I started playing in like a lot of open mic nights in Dublin City Center as well. So playing like a lot of folk clubs and stuff. Um, and then like I would stay out late in the folk club, but what I'd have to do is because I was underage, I'd have to go there for like. 5 or 6 p.m. of the day (laughs) and then sit there with like a coke (laughs) and then wait until like the night wouldn't start until like 9 p.m. and then you'd like do the sign up so like i like played like every open mic night in dublin like during that time period so like i would i knew the drill like you go up you sign your name you'd say like what songs you're playing and you get like three or four songs and then like you play them and then i'd stay around and watch the other people and usually they were like a mixed like thing of like poets spoken word and then music as well right it was a nice mix it was a nice way to like get into a more artistic side of music where it was it wasn't just music it was like people bringing in poetry and people bringing in like all these different elements as well <clears throat> but um i remember i would like stay out late in the pubs they were always on weekdays those open mic nights so i would be in like school and <laughs> secondary school like falling asleep <laughs> and like failing super fucking hard <laughs> uh so then i stopped that in like sixth year and then can't remember what happened then. I just kind of, like, started, like, just writing songs and recording then after that.
0: But how, like, how did you branch from folk into kind of more punky uh music? Like, the, like similar to what you play now? Like I think,
1: like, a lot of it ha- had to do with, like, folk in its roots is storytelling Um with, yeah, and the music is actually secondary to the storytelling. Hmm. So um a lot of it as well was very, like, counterculture. It was extremely, like... Um rebellious kind of music. They were always, you know, giving out about like the government and politics and um, you know, certain like groups of people's rights and stuff like that. It, it was always rooted in that, so I think that that's what attracted to me to it in the first place. But um, there was just a couple of things that happened when I was like seventeen. I had the death of like a close friend. He uh, tragically took his own life, and after that time period, uh, I was so disillusioned with the world that I was looking for something to kind of like branch into that express the anger that I was feeling in that time period and I think punk music definitely sheltered that um, aspect of what I wanted and things mm. um, so I got really really into punk music because it was so fuck you and it was like loud and aggressive and you don't like it I don't give a shit it was like that's how <laughs> I felt at that time I was so angry about everything um, and it was the perfect catalyst to nurture that because even though it's people get some people you know they, they think of punk music as like you know violent and extremely like um, scary and stuff, but it's actually a very welcoming place, and it welcomes in people from all walks of life and all kind of like um, just everything. You know, mm. it's it's extremely like uh, sheltering community for people who are going through stuff. I think.
0: No, I love the punk scene. Now I have to say, it like the, the even on the like it's a very small thing, but even on the subreddit thing, just people posting, just like mm. I did this thing, and they're like, you go, you, like you do, you, man, it's brilliant. <laughs>
1: the thing about it, though, like it's it's there is. I think that there is no such thing as punk music. Like punk is like just like if you t- take like what punk was when it first started it was just like basically sped up rock and roll like the Sex Pistols is just slightly faster and even then compared to today's standards it's not even that fast it's more of like the ethos that it brought it's more of like a a way to live more than anything else i don't really consider it a style of music because it is rooted in just it's um What's the word I'm looking for? It's rooted in its its values and stuff like yeah,
0: that. Yeah, like the like bad brains with like was the bad brains with PMA, the positive mental attitude, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, like, like bad oh, brains, yeah. Yeah. Um, how did that lead to Skinner? Actually, sorry Where did the name Skinner Even begin with And how did it lead into all the, Like Because yes. <laughs> the image That I always get Is is Skinner looking down At Bart and going Pathetic Is this, <laughs> uh, <laughs> is this...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Like It, it definitely like, I was a huge Simpsons fan Like I think everyone is Like everyone from like This age group Is like
0: I have a friend in- Who's never watched it Because he was not allowed To watch it as a child Neither was I But like Oh not he oh, right, okay.
1: still got into it I mean like Everyone quotes it so much I think I I don't like everyone. I was asked me this question. I actually don't really remember where it came <laughs> from. I remember that when I was starting to make music, I wanted a name, and uh, I had a friend at the time who who was uh, really into keeping notes. So like they um they would like keep like notes on like notebooks and on their phone and stuff like that of like just weird phrases that like people would say on like when they were like out or whatever and like just like things they would come up with. There was loads of like these really obscure names we were going to like one of them. I can't remember what one of them was. <laughs> Like at one point, it was going to be Jeremiah Goldstein. <laughs> that was going to be the stage name for Skitter. skidder. <laughs> it
0: doesn't really quite have the same ring to it, if I'm no. going to be honest. <laughs> and I, think, I don't
1: even remember what that's from. I think it might be from a Cormac McCarthy book. Um, that was maybe a character I'm not sure actually Cormac
0: McCarthy book Jesus Christ but he writes very dark books
1: yeah he does like uh, Blood Meridian is my favourite (laughs) book Blood Meridian is is it actually oh it's my favourite book of all time oh man
0: I read it when I was 19 and I was like this book is Fucking trauma. It's very difficult to read it's as well. It's extremely difficult. Like it's, 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 it's like you, you read, it read like
1: fifteen up? pages and you put it down and you say, "I am never returning." No, to but
0: this. even the way that it's written is it's quite like no, a kind of no, de- like punctuation, yeah, No punctuation. It's quite like, dense. Um, have you ever read it?
1: No. You would love it. It's really brilliant. Nice. Yeah, yeah it's a it.
0: west. It's a we- it's Yeah, it's a western. You it's call a western. A western. Yeah, 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 it's a
1: western. But it just goes into like the meaning of life and everything it just yeah, because, goes into everything I
0: thought it started see when when, when you read it to, be, to begin it kind of sets you up for it going to be this kind of revenge against Native American story because yeah. it starts off there's the church massacre at the very beginning of it
1: I think so like it's been I I read it when I was 17 so it yeah. I actually even mean to revisit it I just remember like scalping Indians was a massive Yeah, that was a theme. massive part of it. It was a massive massive theme. huge part of it. Like, <laughs> if you could if you could like scalp an Indian and like have like a collection of scalps, like you were basically a god in that book. And the longer
0: the hair wow. I think the worse the yeah. more it was worth and stuff. But it's like it starts off with a kid who's Family were massacred by Indians, and
1: he joins a. Yeah. It. But it's a uh, yeah, it's a it's a brutal book. It's a brutal book. I actually read that during that time period as well before I started Skinner, so that would make a lot of sense. <laughs> he also he also
0: wrote a uh, he wrote The Road, which is the most miserable book you could ever yeah, read, yeah, and know, then yeah. uh, No Country for Old Men, which is also a miserable book. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he's actually one of my favorite it's... authors, though, just because you know, like he he is like a cowboy, like oh, he, really, like he, like, he lives, like he I think he lives like somewhere in like the desert and all. Like his like life story is like incredible, and they've been trying. You know the way they made. They made like you know the movie for the roads, but they've been trying to make the Blood Meridian movie for like since he's released the book. Oh, and he's been through like so many directors, but like in every contract that they've signed or something like that, he has to have like complete artistic control. And he's been so disappointed with like all the like trials, whatever's happened so far. So it's the one movie where he said, I will never make that into a movie because they probably
0: keep trying to make it as some feckin'. Western, uh, Western like gun ho type of film when it's actually a very poignant and
2: <laughs> serious respect for someone who's like able to just retain the ability to be like nah it's trash her. you know what I mean yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah so that's like I mean I it's Cormac was, McCarthy yeah. Oh, yeah I wish that was like more common for like book adaptation or any <laughs> adaptations or like movies or shit I, right? I was. I
0: was wondering like Stephen King is the way like some rights to his films for very cheap and then he'll give out shit about the but the the actual adaptation of it like he he hated the shining so much that he made his own version of it like he hated Stanley Kubrick's version of it so much. Really? Uh, oh, he hated it. Now in my opinion the book is fantastic but the ending's kind of fucked. As in I don't like the ending of it whereas the film kind of I don't like the way it just plots you there. Like the back, Jack's backstory is much more interesting and even the way they do is it, what's the name of the? Is it Charlie's the name of the ghost that he has? The red room guy, Danny's the name of the kid, and then the ghost that he sees. But like in the in the thing, it's the finger which he doesn't do in the book. He actually sees a physical child that's all in black, just just completely pitch black. Oh was well. much scarier. But uh, yeah, no, he made a, he made his own version of The Shining, and uh, it was terrible. It was a mini series, like a you mini-series. can see. Mini series is six six episodes long. He directed it himself, and it's so bad. I actually think at the point you can see like the boom mic that comes into scenes <laughs> and stuff. Like it's I want You remember? Do you ever see the horror channel that was on Sky? It was I, a horror, I, and it always played the paranormal these, channel no no there's well I think it's paranormal now but it used to be okay, the horror yeah. channel but like they would play these films like <laughs> slugs which was like slugs would go <laughs> slug would go underneath your skin and then like I remember it was like a, a guy had to hack off his hand because the slug went under and then he tried to turn he no fell off he fell, so he fell on he fell that's no here's the thing
2: like, are you scared no here's the thing
0: slugs? he falls then on gas or some shit and then the whole garden blows up and then it just goes slugs that was the type of <laughs> that was the type of films you would get and it was before the age rating, so you would get, like, you could watch on uh, Sky you, before you had to put it in the pin. So I was watching all these films, when I was, like, 10, and they're just, like, grindhouse horror films. But, yeah, that's grindhouse where I saw the Shine films. House uh, shine, sh- Shining horror film, Maybe was thinking, it's terrible. It's very bad. Amazing. <laughs> but how, so, you set up Skinner, then, like, how did Skint come about? Because I know you mixed it and recorded it and wrote it all by yourself.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. So not many people know about that. That was... I did that. So when I was finishing, I think secondary school, I would have been like eighteen. I think seventeen or eighteen. I remember that I said like, I'm going to get a job and I'm just going to buy a bunch of recording gear because I was really getting into. It was during that time where like bedroom producing was becoming like a huge thing mm. because of like say like Mac Demarco and stuff like that. Like people were realizing like, oh shit, like we can do this and we don't need like to spend four hundred euro a day in like recording studio. So I said like I wanted to do that. So I got a job. In a petrol station up the road from my house, and I worked there, and it, they had no central heating at all. Oh Jesus! And uh, they had like nothing. <clears throat> and like funny, like a side note now, but like every year, I remember that there used to. There was like a, a like a grate at the door where like the like for like runoff uh, rainwater. Right. And what we used to do was at the end of the shift, we'd have to we get like this coffee machine, and you always had to dump the milk. and You were supposed to dump it down the toilet because the toilet isn't connected to like the the drains or whatever like it goes to, like a separate thing right. we we're always too lazy so we dump it down the sink oh god so like we dump it down the sink like every night and basically it would then go out into the gutters outside so like th- that grate and that gutter that was outside would fill up with like rotten milk over like a year period and then at the end of every year they i was always my job they'd give me a coffee cup oh jeez. <laughs> a paper coffee cup and then you'd have to because it would start to smell as soon as it starts to smell yeah. Like At the front of the shop you'd be like Oh Aaron It's fucking milk It's uh It's, it's milk and season it, it's, it's milk and season You gotta get out there And scrape that milk And like I <laughs> I get like a coffee cup And go into the drain With like a glove And like scoop like milk oh Out with the God. coffee cup And this is where Headroom comes this from This is where This is where Headroom This is the inspiration For Headroom Wait was, for real? What yeah the, the first out? The first line is like I scoop the cracks Where the milk turns black <laughs> Sour <laughs> Chunks of Putrid Gunk
0: <laughs> All makes sense now <laughs> and I think
1: that was like one of the first songs I did as, as Skinner like and it came from like that that time period where like I was working in there and like every summer they make me do that I, what, I, what I always find though is it would always find like a couple of euro They were like like someone like obviously like dropping there like walking out of the shop and it always stank of rotten milk always no matter how much you washed it
0: I remember we we used to Zach was there. Were you there for like for my birthday party? I <laughs> it says so so arrogant, but uh, I would host a pub a pub quiz at my house. But the quiz was always about me. Uh-
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Can I come next time? Yeah, of course oh, you can. So
0: <laughs> but uh, the, what we used to do was the loser would be hit with the pie in the face at the end of
1: it. <laughs> oh my God. What are you doing the next one?
0: Uh, August 17th, but I'm, Ameri- over in, I'm over in London seeing Joji, but we'll have a party. Oh. We can do it. But uh, no, But we the fr- so we did it. Yeah, they're only 50 quid. Yeah. So, but um, with the, the year that we did it with, so afterwards we had to do it with shaving foam, which it turns out was also a bad idea because people still, people got sore in their eyes but no he did with, with proper like cream foam for a pie and then would just bam hit you in the face But the problem was was that milk goes off very quick, especially when it's cream foam very quickly. So everybody that was in the face, including Alexi, my friend, who has long hair and everything, just stunk of stale milk for the whole night. It's
1: it's quite the stench, And it's real bad. And we
0: went to Workman's and you could see like it was just our crowd over at one place and just
1: nobody.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And all you could, if you went near it, even the smoking area just smelled stale milk the whole time. But it got on like parts of the kitchen as well. So, For two weeks straight, the kitchen just stunk a stale mill. And it was, we couldn't get it out. And like my mum brought this brand new kind of welcome mat for the back garden. And she had to throw it out. She's like, I can't get the smell. I've washed it six times.
1: Oh my God. (laughs) That's hilarious. Uh, Yeah, to answer your question though. So like I I bought that recording gear and uh, I just kind of like at that point, I just, I wasn't really seeing anyone. I wasn't going out like I was in college, but like I wasn't really enjoying it at all. So I remember when I'd finished, I'd just come home. And I just record every single day and try to, like to learn how to do it. Like I had no idea what I was doing because mm. at that point, I think YouTube tutorials they were there, but they weren't very like.
0: Well, they're oddly specific. They're like, oddly spe- specific,
1: yeah. but the, they, the they good also stuff weren't. Wasn't free The good then. stuff wasn't free. Yeah. Like you could yeah. you could get like some stuff. So like I was basically like learning on the fly about things. And like when I listen back to that mixtape now, I'm like, God. I would love to revisit this and mix it properly. There's now. some
0: great songs. Like, there's great songs on. I was listening to it today because, I like, admittedly, Zach sent it to me today. I wasn't aware of it. <laughs> no, um, yeah,
1: no, no, no. i um, was yeah. trying to
2: be a little Nardwar and find like deep cuts. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> but I was like, I said, like,
0: like, but the thing growing. that I can't get over is because I didn't like. It was six years ago. The the change in your singing style and your voice. Yeah. We'll, we'll get on. We'll move on to that. We'll get on to that. But yeah, like how that, like so in the end, like you mixed and everything that you ma- you didn't master yourself. Did you? I did. Yeah, I mastered did you? myself. Jesus. Yeah, as
1: well. I I was basically just like, I didn't have, I didn't know what I was doing at all. Like I didn't have any friends who were, who were musicians at that time either. Like at that point, like they'd all gone on to do different things. So it was very alone. Like and I played all the instruments, I remember that like in, when I was recording that I would, I had like a double bed in my room and uh, not like with all the gear in there with the drums and the amps Mm. and like the speakers and all like it wouldn't all fit. So I would dismantle the bed and uh, I took out like the bottom part of the bed The divan or whatever it is And I, I think I just threw it out And then I would put the mattress against the door and the wall So that it would um mute stop the drums the yeah, yeah, It would like stop the reflection of the drums Like hitting off each other So you get in, like a nicer sound And then I slept <laughs> I slept on a yoga mat <laughs> In between the drum kit and the amp And like the guitars and like the mattress For like a year because I think it took Fuck. me like I think it took me like Six or seven months To like do that Like whole Like recorded And like to get everything right So I slept in that yoga mat Like all that time Because I had so much gear In the room And so many like mic sounds And everything But like every day Like I would like wake up I'd like go to college Or if I was on like the weekend And then I'd like Come home Record Write the songs Record Keep going over and over And then learn how to mix it And then I remember when I was putting it out like I didn't really know what to do like I at that point I was like very very self conscious so like you were saying about singing style mm. I'd never sung I'd sung like folk songs but I was always trying to be like some like guy like Bob Dylan or like Roscoe Holcomb or something like that like I was putting on this accent so I decided to try and make it like more like me at the time I suppose um, and yeah like it, you can tell like how different it is now because it's someone trying to find their their voice like mm. in it but I find that to find like your voice and who you are, it takes like a long time, a very, very long time. And a lot of people never do, but like if you really want to do it, then it's something that you should definitely consider doing. You should never try and like try and be someone else or anything like that. Yeah, because they're already taken. <laughs> <laughs> just, can you you for, can't for, be that. For the
2: track, can you do a Bob Dylan?
1: Oh, like, if I had like a guitar or something like that, I could fucking just like do. Out, just give us a little... <laughs> oh, no, I'm not gonna give you one right now, Zach. Come on. <laughs> Yes. Mr. Down. <laughs> no yeah i did I, I thought it was bob dylan back then oh really and funny enough yeah like for realsies oh yeah like i i mean i'm not gonna say this no i'll tell you in private afterwards. okay, okay. i'm not gonna say this on the podcast but there's stuff out there let's just say that <laughs> oh there's stuff oh. out there i used to play the harmonica and the guitar like everything like i knew oh, yeah. did
0: you have the, the actual yeah remote? oh wow okay. like i was
1: like a huge like d- like dylan fan like joan Baez. um all of those people from that time period like I would like I at one point I knew every single Bob Dylan song from like the first seven albums. Fuck. Every single lyric every single like how to play the guitar like I just knew how to do everything because I think in a way like that taught me songwriting in a way because his songs are structured in such a way where they actually don't have very intricate chord changes say like the Beatles they would always be changing it like his is a very like it's one thing that's good repeated a lot of times mm. and then the, the the good part about it is the story like in between um, as I get older I actually find I like him less though Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah It's kind of funny
0: It's weird. the first Bob Dylan album That I ever listened to Was his latest one
1: It's great Yeah it, Oh no I it's loved actually, it We well, saw most of it live yeah, there A couple dude. of weeks I ago yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed it yeah.
2: <laughs> He basically played He played 3 Arena And he mostly just played The new album Yeah Maybe like 5 Kind of Obscure okay. Some less obscure Like deep cuts or whatever um, And then just like The new album It sounded unbelievable like it kind of was
1: probably tired. one of the best gigs Or like a bi- I saw him a couple of years ago And he's awful It was the fucking Like the worst he, thing I've ever seen In my person
2: who's like You know Deified and whatever But did feel kind of like Spiritual or like biblical That like you're like Watching Bob Dylan Like killing it You know what I mean Yeah it's probably He's still alive as well yeah, yeah. But like my
0: auntie now Her husband Is a huge Bob Dylan fan And he'll say that he's quite Hit and miss and you would need to be a huge fan because he'll just do other versions of the never, He never plays the same song yeah.
1: twice, which I always liked about him in a weird way. <laughs> like, that's a guy like, imagine like telling the band like, oh, yeah, you know what we did last night? Yeah, scrap that. We're just going to do it on the fly tonight. We did it on a waltz last night. Let's do a polka tonight. You know, like, it's, it's someone who is like always like wants to be challenging themselves, which is, I think, important in music.
2: No, it's it's admirable, yeah. Like, it was like. Sorry. It it felt like watching him and the whole stage, sort of, and the band and the type of way they were playing. It felt like it was like. As if when I was 80, that I just, like, did all my back catalogue as, like, my pop punk dream from a teenager. Yeah, yeah, you know literally. Okay, yeah, yeah. It was like 1950s, 40s jazz. 30s, 30s Rose, go back to 20s, like ragtime jazz. Really, like, really. Yeah. the stuff that he grew up listening to. But like him, like finally reaching that point where he's just like the guy in the bar playing the piano, and he was fucking savage on the piano. He savage was the pianist, on the piano. Like there was no other. Piano I've
0: never, s- I never and even was, like, thought of him as a like, piano jazz, player.
2: Like blues piano playing, he was like actually great. His piano playing is definitely like way more. There's a musician then. Oh like, yeah, it's fucking amazing. Sing, it's like, it's an old man kind of telling stories, but it just worked. The way, like
0: the whole thing worked. Oh yeah, well actually, when speaking about Bob Dylan and instruments and piano and stuff, how many instruments do you actually play? Because Mason told me he played the saxophone and I thought it was him on the song. He goes, no, that's all
1: Harren. <laughs> uh, I actually don't even know at this point. It's always changing. I need to stop. Because you see, I play so many, but I'm really bad at all of them. <laughs> all right, okay. Like it's I think it's just come out of like a it always came out of like playing like different instruments always came out of like I don't have I don't know anyone like like for like most of my life until I met kind of like Zach and Aina and like Freddie and everything it's only like in the last like I'd say year I've met like actual like other musicians most of my life was spent in a room recording by myself and it was always like oh I don't have anyone to do it like I'm just Mm. gonna have to do it like because what I wanted was I wanted a specific sound and I wanted to be able to get that, but I didn't know anyone. So I was like, I have to just do it myself. So I just started picking up things like willy nilly, like here and there, because I think that most people who play music, they limit themselves like one instrument, which is fine. And they're really, really good at it. But I wanted to be able to like, not re- not, I suppose, in a way, be relying on other people all the time. Because I, s- I suppose until you're at a certain point where people really believe in what you're doing, mm. it's very difficult to get people to commit, to come in and like play on songs, do all this kind of stuff. Because they need to believe in you. They need to make it like worth their while to come in. So I was like, well, I'm definitely not at that level. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to do it myself. So I just started picking up like guitar, like bass just kind of came naturally because like it's similar to guitar. Then drums I played. My sister also played drums and she gave them up. So I, like, I took her drum kit. Um, and then saxophone came because I wanted like elements of like, I suppose, like jazz and like... Ska sp- kind of thing. Ska is it? kind of thing. Um, I'm not gonna say of, like, it, Don't worry. <laughs> disco, like all that, like I, I find brass is like a forgotten art in music because it's so expensive to do. Back in the day, like a studio, it, like say you're looking at like Columbia Records or like Capitol Records, and they would have a house string section and a house brass band. So like if you came in as an artist, they would in just, the house, in, in-, in, yeah, in like the house, house, yeah, band. they'd have just them hired. So like that's why like all those like, you know, like when Leonard Cohen and stuff would come in and they have like this really lush like brass, like they were all just like in house. Oh, bands I never knew that. Thing. Um. Because they're so expensive to hire. Like, to hire, like, one of them for the day is a couple hundred quid, like...
2: As well, the barrier to entry for brass is, like, you can get, like, somewhere with a guitar within, like, yeah. a week of learning it. You can play, like, a chord or something. Whereas, like, brass, like, you have to get, like... You can't just, like, get away with being bad at brass. Yeah. It's you know, like you kind of fucking... have to get to a level, like an intermediate level before. Like, My favorite
1: bra- like. brass players are really bad at brass, though. Yeah. Like, that's where I, I, like, I find, well, like, like, dissonant kind of stuff, is Yeah, it, or... like, I like, I love when people play instruments the way they're not supposed to be played. <laughs> like, if you take someone who's, like, a guitar player and you put them on drums, what they'll do on drums is so like contradictory to like what a drummer would do but it's very interesting because if you ask a drummer to do that by themselves they probably wouldn't be able to do it because they've learned a certain way so like that's where i was coming from with like learning different instruments i was like i don't play these i'm teaching myself so like what will i learn technique wise myself that like no one else will be able to do because Mm. they've been brought up with like these set rules you got to do this and you got to do that like i found it like more interesting so like saxophone and then like i took up like a lot of percussion like the last like uh, two years as well just because I love that I got into like a lot of like disco and like um Afrobeat music and stuff and Latin music and it was layered with all that kind of stuff that I suppose like in the western world you're almost like you never get to see because that music would never be played on the radio it would never be popular around here and it's so good it's so 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 good and it was like a way like people need to like hear this in like you know the western world so I wanted to incorporate those elements into like my own music to to like expose people to this Like there's a whole world out here That you're never going to hear If mm. you don't like Listen to these records and stuff
2: Like artists that are like Equally if not like better than like, Way you're, better A you're, like... hundred times better yeah. And like the
1: musicality of it The players and everything They're so good Like it's, it's unbelievable Like it's wasted here Like you go see like a band And it's like Four dudes like just playing Like guitar rock. It's so boring yeah. It's like come on Like give me something like prime. I'll Give me something like more interesting So it was like Coming out of like that School of thought of like let's make it like interesting. Let's just not like make it the same thing over and over again all the time.
0: Is that what kind of led like, cause was it grunge was like three years after, was it?
1: Gunge, gunge yeah. Oh, gunge. Yeah. gunge fuck yeah. me, my no, eyesight's bad. Up <laughs> <Everybody>. <laughs> I was convinced no, like, it was literally, grunge. Literally everyone says the same thing, you know, like all the time. So don't worry about
0: oh, it. Fuck me. But like it's, it. The, I felt when I was listening to it, like there's more kind of, especially when I was listening to Skint this morning, like, There's, like, a lot more experimentation. It's also more aggressive, I would have thought. Yeah. And a bit more interpersonal as well.
1: Definitely, yeah. Like, before that, it would have been, like, I was writing, like, very, like, observational-based, like, stuff, you know, like, about being on buses and just around people. And then... Yeah. I never wanted to write about my own life because I thought it wasn't very interesting. But I got to a point where writing about my own life was definitely, like, helping me in my own life. So I just said, well, you know, I might as well, like, let people hear it. (laughs) See see what happens. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Yeah but like That was like another thing Like so like Gunge was like The foray into like Adding in different things Like that was the first introduction Of like saxophone And like maybe like A couple of shakers And stuff like that Something like A little bit different um, And like now it's Like the newer stuff now again Is is just challenging Like what can I do now Like that's more different again mm. Like I'm always thinking like What's next Like in the pipeline You always have to be like Thinking like what can I do That's just different Like I always want I'd never want to be bored you get to a certain point and you see like a lot of bands who do really well and they just like, you know, the difficult second, difficult second or like third album. second album. album yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the it's like total it, like yeah. shit. Just like <laughs> we've made it. Fuck you. You're going to buy it anyway. We're just going to do exactly what we did last time. And like, that's like such a fucking terrible way to be. You should always be like, what is like, what can I do? That's totally different. You know, like, always going to be challenging yourself constantly.
0: No cuz there are some bands that have been getting away with for fucking like for years. It's unbelievable. <laughs>
1: it's actually unbelievable. Do you know it was it was like
0: it. one of my favorite bands now for I loved them for so long and they changed they changed, mixed it up quite a bit. Uh, Death have mixed it up quite a bit. And then on their last album they decided to make like a fucking Smiths album where there's no screaming <laughs> on it at all. And I what? and I, I was and I I listened to it and I was like, "Hmm," <laughs> I was like, "I don't like them anymore. They changed too much." Thought, <laughs> he loved I, it. I My it Hugo good. thought it was fucking excellent. He was I like, "This is What is the what is it like a shoegaze? They're yeah, like
2: Death oh, Deaf Heaven. heaven. So I love yeah, it. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: they made a fucking like a shoegazy. Like, but your, ma- like your man's vocals Are kind of like They're clearly based on Morrissey Yeah but, uh,
2: definitely like that, but, I, I, but I like that They're screaming like,
0: on two songs Mombasa and Another um, one
2: We need more music one. That sounds like Morrissey That isn't Morrissey You know what I mean yeah, We need just Morrissey
1: <laughs> Gone <laughs> we need like <laughs> First f- 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 <laughs> first two Smith's albums You know yeah, we need yeah. more of that Anyway My <laughs>
0: brother loves him And I tell stories About him being a plonker And he's just like Plonker fuck me <laughs> uh, Plonka. Yeah, but just like Even like <laughs> What did he go on Did he go on stage With like a UDL Kind of badge Or something like that And I was And he goes I don't believe he did that And I was like He did do that There's fucking photos of it He goes Ah I don't believe it <laughs> yeah. he knows From Marcy from Marcy, yeah. Yeah.
1: Marcy was but the The original dickhead Yeah, yeah. Exactly
0: one, right. one of my favourite Dickhead stories about Marcy Was that for Penguin Classic When he releases Autobiography He said that he won't Give it to them Unless they put the Penguin Classic Symbol on it Which is like Jane Eyre Shakespeare Yeah, yeah. All this kind of stuff So it's kind of a thing That you kind of have to earn And he was like No I, you no, I want I it, on it Straight away Because yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a like, classic
2: That's kind of funny I mean listen like. It's- that- that's the most Why do you do always I, he have get these
0: You always have these terrible You got it You always have these, these terribly annoying takes like <laughs> like I don't know
2: like, like, like see if you can get away with, Like it's like fucking was Like yeah yeah yeah, yeah like like Make a classic Like is it like just for the laugh And he's like oh shit they actually did it I suppose <laughs> it is like, I, suppose like, like, <laughs> I suppose it is Like kind of it's, it's like It's that easy It's that easy To get a penguin on your fucking book Like like yeah like Frankenstein Jane Eyre Morrissey's So stupid I don't think I'm not saying it's worthy of but I just think it's like For the fucking laugh He definitely was just like I'm gonna
0: Oh you would laugh. be laughing Like well you'd be laughing At the bank after you got it as well uh, <laughs> It's just such a wanker I can't stand Morrissey. <laughs> oh he's a prick He's a fucking um, <laughs> So actually Sorry Speaking of uh, bands uh, Speaking of pricks How did you How did you, how did you get, go about Like cause When did you start Did you Did you play Skins live You did You must have played it live A few yeah, times like- Yeah like
1: not a lot of people know, but like doing this for a long time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a long time. He'll
2: let his youthful boyish charm you? <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: no, like when I when I when I when I did the 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 mixtape or whatever you want, like the mini album, or whatever, I released it and uh, it it like did really well. Like I like it kind of like it like had a small blow up if you want to call it. Like on the internet, like people really enjoyed it. Um, and I and like at that point, like I just released it and I sent it out to a few blogs and I didn't really think anyone would like take it up or anything but um it ended up doing like kind of well and then all of a sudden I was getting like a lot of requests from people being like hey like heard the thing really wants you played this big show like come like support like all this kind of stuff and I was like oh shit <laughs> I did this I played everything myself <laughs> and I have I don't know anyone who's a musician so I had like no band but uh I knew like a couple of people who like one of my uh, best friends like Jack he he played drums so like he I think he played drums on like two songs on like uh skins so he played on like um uh what did he play on um chair kicker and he played on something else as well two skins I think and uh so I got him to play drums and then I met a guy in college called Sean Bean and he was playing bass for me for a while but it was a total like just piss take like we were so shit it was unbelievable like we played like small like gigs around the place um and it was just like very, it was very punk. It was very just like, get up here, play, like yeah. do the song, just like fuck you and then like go off. Um, and so we did that for like a long time, like played with a couple of different people, like you had a rotating bass player for like a while in the band. And then during like COVID, then just before COVID, like that, it all just kind of disbanded the bass player was going to move to Germany and all this kind of stuff. So it's kind of left. And then I was left with like nothing. And then that's where the the Googler comes into it right now. The guy sitting in the nice suit beside us that you can't see.
0: I'm the Googler. We'll get a photo for the the gram.
1: uh, (laughs) I had like this EP recorded uh, and I wanted to put it out even though I had no band. And uh, I put it out and I got like, I think I I fronted the money for like 300 records or something like that. And uh, they weren't selling. And uh, (laughs) I remember like Zach messaged me on Instagram and he was the manager in Tower Records at the time. And he was like, we had opened for Monkey before that. Um, Like a show Like they got us to open For the, the <laughs> Grand Social Yeah yes. And it was honestly I remember I remember saying to the guys afterwards It was one of the nicest experiences We ever had as an opening band Like I've been an opening band For like years Yeah Like I've been doing like The shittest shows Ever for years With the shittest bands And uh, we did like An opening show for Monkey And they were so nice They had a writer there With like beer for us They had guitar strings <laughs> there They had fucking like Everything like laid out I'll never forget it. And they were like Yeah you guys just like Have whatever you want You know you do whatever you want We opened for them And I was talking to Zach And like the guys From like Monkey at the time And that's how we met originally And they were such lovely guys I remember I was so Enamoured That they had opened up For the meat puppets (laughs) Like we were Like at the time Like I was I I think I was only What was it then Like 20 maybe Something like that and I was like, Oh my oh god! Oh, because
0: this was the fucking this was the EP launch then. This yeah, must have been. Yeah, yeah. I, sorry, it was for that. I yeah. saw
1: you then. Yeah, it was the grand social. Yeah, like not No, probably no remembers. We were we were fucking terrible. Oh, I love that. But uh, no, I
0: just yeah, I I, I vaguely remember, but there's uh, certain other things that were going on that night that kind of fucked it. But um, was a Fat Wife Family were that year? That
1: no, it was uh, what was the Family the Dog? The Fat wife the fam- family. <laughs> the Fat wife Family. Yeah, yeah. yeah we played with Fat White Family. Theater. Fat White Family. <laughs> they were they they were the first support, by the way. Oh, it was the
2: Family Dog. Oh the family uh, dog In the interest yeah. of You know Being nice Let's move past oh, Yeah yeah
1: <laughs> We'll all move past What happened there In the in the green room yeah, Anyway yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah So we opened up yeah. for Zach And uh, we, I met him then And I was like Totally enamoured Like I was like These guys are like Fucking gods Like they've opened up For the meetpuppers Like they've been on tour You know like At that point Like I hadn't played Outside Dublin Like I was just like Such like a, I was a young kid Like I didn't really know anything And then like A couple of years went by Like Covid happened Like so no one was doing anything And like, I just got a message out of the blue from Zach on Instagram. And he was like, hey, I'm the manager at like Tower Records, man. You want to, I saw you like did some records. You want to bring them down? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll bring them down. Like I've only sold like 10. So uh, might as well. So I brought them down and uh, I remember chatting to him and we were just like chatting outside having a smoke. And he said to me like, so what are you doing now? And I was like, man, I'm doing nothing. I've got like no, like everyone's gone. Like I've got like no band. I've got like nothing going on. And I was like I'm, I'm actually like thinking about You know Trying to put together a new band But I was like I don't know anyone And he goes I'll play guitar for you yeah. and I, was, yeah. I was like Really? And he was like Yeah I'm not doing anything either yeah. What were you Like what, what was your Thought process at the time? I was like i just
2: like, like my only, The reason I asked you To support at the gig Was because I just loved your tunes Oh and thank you so I'd much I you fun. somewhere as well I was like This guy's a fucking savage Because I loved that Like punky Like three piece Just fucking And then he did like A cover of like Joy Division uh, well, Oh yeah We used to do this disorder, yeah. disorder Yeah yeah guys fucking what i like especially at the time i don't know it was just like i was like bands would cover songs but they never cover like something like that I was yeah like, we, we even though it's not like it's an obscure tune but like i don't know it's like oh these guys and then uh and then yeah like came to the shop i was like it's like fuck it yeah i was like i just I, I just had like i'd gone to like a fucking crazy like lockdown as we all had and i'd gotten like meditating and stuff and like was starting to like piece my life back together my brain back together after like losing I didn't even drink or anything. Like I barely did like, <laughs> You did the opposite
0: of what I did. <laughs> yeah like
2: the first and <laughs> me. And that's what made it worse was that I was like I'm just feel like I'm going insane and I haven't touched a substance in like three months or whatever, oh. you know. Um and like just just, just the whole whatever. I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll do that, and here we are. This is one of the best. Here we are. It was one of the fucking the best
1: fucking thing that ever happened was meeting Zach yeah. at that fucking. I remember that day as well. I was like, oh, I don't know if I'll be able to drop out the records because I think I had something else to do. And I was like, oh well, I just cancel it, and I'm so glad <laughs> I didn't cancel it. Jesus, so, fucking, can you imagine
0: the difference now? <laughs>
1: I know, I'd be mad, like, yeah, definitely. That was like a pivotal like moment in my life. Oh, Never right, mind anything else. Meeting Zach. Yeah, we don't talk about it now, like it's, uh, it's a pivotal moment like meeting Zach at that that time, yeah. It was it was mad. So how are you introduced to
0: the rest of the members then?
1: So Ana, I actually Ana who's the bass player for for Skinner, like I'd met him um we used to play in a band together in secondary school. Mm. We used to play in a band called uh, The Vamanos. and um basically I think I'd I left like that name. <laughs> yeah, I left that band to, to, to pursue a solo folk career <laughs> 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 which, which as you can see Did not work out
2: Straight out of the 60s, Beatles Straight 60s out. Like I thought it
1: was some like You know a Fucking hillbilly troubadour Catching fucking trains Or something like that No um, But uh, <laughs> I Like Aina was like a bass player So like I remember I, I rang him And I was like Yeah like you know Like I'm just looking for someone To play bass um, I was wondering Would you be interested And then he said yeah So I think He was the The first you 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 were the first you would come in with me in the studio and yeah, we would yeah. we would go over like the parts for the songs and then like it was just literally me and Zach for like a couple of months rehearsing parts and then like I would always ask oh, man do you know anyone who like plays because <laughs> like, I knew like you have to like understand like I knew no one
0: how was that possible though when well, if you were if you were gigging for so much
1: because I had only known people who were like who were like living in like the the area that I lived in okay, oh, okay, like okay yeah, yeah. That's like, I ha- I didn't have any, I didn't have friends in the music industry. I didn't have like mm. other musicians. I didn't know other bands. Like I was so painfully shy as like a, as a teenager and in my early twenties, like I was so withdrawn from everything that like when people would come up to me, I would like just be really like quiet and reserved. So like, I was so shy for so many years and um, that I, I just, I, I basically blown like a load of like chances to make friends. So I didn't know anyone. So like meeting Zach was like so because he knew everyone (laughs) like he just knew like so many people going to
0: a music festival with Zach is quite hilarious because you go every 10 minutes and somebody goes
1: Zach how are you doing (laughs) it's crazy Yeah, Um, (laughs) uh, yeah like I met Aina and then Aina like agreed to play bass so I think the three of us did a couple of rehearsals without a drummer and then we cycled through like a lot of drummers to like try and find someone eventually I think what I did was in the end I went on Instagram and I went through, like, a lot of, like, different Instagram pages trying to find drummers who were, like, bas- I think I was typing like, Dublin Drummer and stuff like that trying to find people. And I just came across this guy. On, <laughs> this guy? This guy. This guy. <laughs> on Instagram. And, like, he had all these drum covers up of, like, King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard. And he was playing, I wonder like, who it could be. <laughs> I wonder who it could be. And then he had, like, this... He was, he did, like, this drum cover of, like, Dorman by, like, Slow Tie. The only I song by Slow, Slow Tie, yeah, that, that, that I like. But, like... He played it, and the power in the drumming was just unbelievable. It was like fucking like shattering like walls. It was like it was amazing. And I was like, oh my god, I need to like try and like get this guy for rehearsal because up until that point, the people we had been playing with were such light touches that like just they. It's not that they were bad drummers, you know. Like Shattered they were. to ac- Harry Fox. Straight to Harry Fox, fucking he's, amazing drummer. He
2: plays in the Harry Fox Quartet and yeah. and stuff. He's he's savage, but it's not. He's not a fucking unreal drummer.
1: Yeah, yeah. unreal drummer. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. They just weren't hitting it hard. Like, it's just, just like the, the for, the, for, the, for the kind of music that it was, it needed like the the hard hit and like less tech, like not, not, not less technicality, but just like a really hard hit and like power. And like, I remember I brought like Freddie in for a rehearsal. We did like, just like, it was just me and him. And it was just like straight away. Like, yeah, he smashes are, that kid. <laughs> you are amazing. Please, please, please play with I th- me. Please. I think I was
0: watching with Chris Dardis at the Button Factory show. I was like is he trying to break that drum kit? It's
1: <laughs> it's honestly flat. like it's just like my mouth is like genuinely like open like i remember we were at other voices and uh we played like the second gig in the marina oh. inn and there was like there was no mics on the drums there was no mics on the drums and the, I remember the sound which, guy Which was probably
0: in the marina, was it? It was the marina, yeah. That's the one just... Go that's go on the one as you're driving in past the aquarium, isn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah,
1: it was the marina. And I remember just the sound guy going, yeah, like it's a small venue and you know, there's not many of that mics, you know, you might have to hit them a bit quieter. I just remember looking at Freddie and we both pissed ourselves <laughs> laughing. Like, yeah, it's, I remember saying to him like, you think you go a bit quieter? And, and he was like, no. And I was like, yeah.
2: The first thing he said after he was like, I tried. Yeah, yeah, I tried. He's <laughs> like, try.
1: like trying is like Dave Grawl, <laughs> like full, like pelt. It's, yeah, yeah. it's like, it's ridiculous. Have
0: you ever actually, just a side note, uh, have you ever seen Eagle, Igor Calvera drum?
1: I've never seen Igor Calabari He's the drummer for on.
0: Sepultura. He used to break cymbals. He was hitting them. Sepultura. Sepultura.
1: <laughs> Ooh, those Yeah, yeah, sorry. But
0: he used to break
1: cymbals as he was playing and just have them trained. That's Freddie travel right there. Like he would break. <laughs> How like, do you
0: do that with a wooden stick? Like
1: I don't know. It's 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 power. it's incredible. Like if you ever there's a few like Connor Began who's like done photography, like he stood beside him, like taking like videos and pictures. Yeah. And like he's just saying, like, I remember him just saying to me, like, he's just like laying into the drums. Like, it's not like it's like most drummers Like use their wrists Like Freddie uses Like his entire like body And his weight To like play into them And you can tell That like it's such An impactful sound From like the way it comes out like mm. it's amazing It's incredible I remember seeing
0: fucking Was it Roar Yeah actually So about, do you know No Spell Blood Yes yeah. yeah so when I see them And like Roar We would have been We would have been friends and When we were in college together But he's the drummer And I was trying to get A video of him Drumming One time I was at a gig And his hand in the video Just appeared Perfectly still because he was moving so fast uh, that it just looked like he was just <clears throat> his hand. that's because my my capture so, like, speed finger, couldn't keep up fingers, with it it's like oh it's fucking ridiculous hard. like very they're actually we not well we don't have to do them we won't gig promote but they are playing a gig soon we should go but uh on them. yeah you know uh, wait have you seen have you ever seen them live before i've never before? seen them
1: live i know i know them they're though, loud yeah. as yeah.
0: fuck and like i remember um because they have no guitar, it's it's all it's a synth instead of a guitar. Yeah, yeah. But I remember because the, they're big into like noise and all that kind of stuff. They had a noise artist on before who I thought was amazing, but it was, what was the just
2: name? I can't remember the name. Oh, but I remember okay, the gig. Okay. It was
0: in Battle Bar uh about two years ago. But um, might or have been, are you? Like, right
2: before uh, pandemic. Might
0: have been right, have been right before pandemic. You were at it. I was at it. Yeah. yeah, yeah um, right. George was at it as well. Yeah. George went.
2: Oh no, it was during pandemic
0: then. Yeah. Well, George was there, wasn't yeah, he? George was there, but um. What was it? But they but they had this noise band, and it was just this kind of like screaming, and then just, and I was like, "This is amazing." I turned to a, <laughs> yeah. I turned to the table, and they were all just sitting at the table, just with their pints, just going, "We don't like this." <laughs>
1: <laughs> amazing.
0: But so, um, yeah. So well. So that's recruiting the band. Actually, what, what was the first gig you played with
1: the full band? Then the first gig we played with the full band. It was actually, it was one of those gigs with. um. During COVID, where it was seated in the workman's, I think it was in September, oh, September last year. Oh, wait, I was at that one. Yeah, you were at that yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, and everyone just said in yeah, the middle fuck of it, the yeah, seats. fuck the seats. <laughs> we don't give a fuck. And I remember, like, that was such a nice experience for all of us because at that point, we were all just fucking sick of it. We were like, fuck this shit, you know? Um, the thing
0: is, so um, you're probably not aware of this. Uh, I was at, do you remember when Jess Brennan threw a gig in a Berlin Bar?
1: Do I remember do I say that again? Do
0: you remember do you know Jess Brennan? She was yes. the influencer. There was a night where she threw this brunch at the Berlin Bar. Are you bar.
1: talking about the, how the Berlin Bar got shut down? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I do remember so that. So yeah. if you look at
0: the footage of that
1: so are you there? You yes, legend. I am you there. Fucking so legend. what
0: happened was we're telling the Berlin Bar story. Um <laughs> <laughs> I love this one. <laughs> which by the way, I don't think has I don't think it's been on... The, oh, no, we mentioned it briefly in the podcast, but I didn't mention, like, the kind of ins and outs of it just after knocking over my stand. But, um... So what happened was, was I was going to have a party at my house in Oregon, which I always do every year. I always have a party at the house in Oregon every year. Yeah. Um, And then I invited a bunch of people and realized that it was like, oh, shit, it's deep into pandemic. We can't do this. This would just be completely irresponsible. It was kind of bad out even setting it up on Facebook to invite everybody. Yeah. But, um... So, and, uh... So I was like, oh, shit, we can't do it. Made a huge post about want to be responsible, want to be, you know, adhering to the rules, not being a dick. Sorry, look, my chair is just stuck underneath the wire. His chair is stuck <laughs> under the wire. <laughs> but I uh, just wanted to be like, you know, adhering to the rules, being basically be just being a decent person. And uh, so I like, called the party off. And then Chloe, a friend of mine, was like, Jess Brennan is hosting this brunch at Berlin Bar for it's like a baked potato on a Cosmo or some shit like that <laughs> <laughs> oh 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 if only it was that bar. if only it was that <laughs> and I was like and I, <laughs> but I was like I was like so what is drama. it like what time do we go is if like, we go at like two or something and just wear a wacky shirt uh, <laughs> which <laughs> anyway so we went and I was like oh this actually is quite nice and then like the more we kind of the weird thing is I will say this it kind of got, like, there's a photo, there's a video of me taking a shot, which is, like, does not look good at all, especially during that. It really wasn't good, but the whole thing of your man on the, on the the fucking, the, the counter bar, porn, the we shots. didn't see any of that. So I didn't see any of this shit, I didn't see any of the real madness. Yeah, right we, saw, we saw, we saw people, but we saw people breaking protocol and all that kind of stuff, but I didn't see people doing that level of shit. But see, the thing is, so I got drunk and stayed over a friend my a friend of mine's house, my phone went out of battery. met up with my friend's for a for a pint the next day and uh no for a pint and lunch in PMAX and uh my friend Ali was like uh she's like oh Jesus what a bunch of morons they're at that Jess Brennan thing and I was just like <laughs> I was like I was like what Jess Brennan thing? And she's like Did you not know see like the news about Jess Brennan thing in Berlin Bar? A bunch of fucking morons ruined like basically broke every rule under the sun about COVID. And I was like Oh no Oh no <laughs> and, uh, and I went I went very pale I, uh, like, uh, they, they were just And all I could see Is my friend Haley Just going Bar, Please tell me You weren't at that night And literally On the front page Of the paper <laughs> Is, is me And on Twitter The photo that The video that they're sharing Is me in the shirt And all the comments Were about how much I look How much of a twat I look like oh, <laughs> so, yeah.
2: <laughs> so like so oh tweets, my bad. god! Like the biggest, the biggest crime was his fucking <laughs> sex. Oh like my you know, god! Were like, like, like you
0: told to wear a weird shirt? Amazing! <laughs> this is fucking amazing. Like it was
2: the best day.
1: It was one of the best days of my
2: life. It's one of the worst like, days was like, of mine. I was like, I'm like, n- I
0: was like, I'm never going to be able to go out ever again. Where did I? Why did I tell the story? I can't remember the, the jumping off know, point. Yeah, you did.
1: I can't remember. Oh yeah, during COVID because we played the show during COVID. That oh was yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was that, about, yeah, that, yeah. That, that was the first show. Yeah. That so, we so so
0: so when that show happened, I had a video of the crowd reacting. I was like I'm not posting this actually because yeah, I've already like, been yeah. awarded.
1: <laughs> I think at that point no one really fucking no gave one a one cared, shit no anymore. Cared. Like they were just like, yeah, we're fucking see a seated gee. Yeah. Like for that kind of music, it's just like what was a local boy was a support, wasn't it? Local boy, yeah, Jake. Shout out Jake. Yeah, he Represent. was on the, was on the, the, the podcast last week. Shout out, there out there Nick as well. The Who
2: Art Their Cinematic Universe. Oh, Jake. You know, yeah, he's he's the only guest to be on twice. Oh.
0: Yes, he was on twice. Well, besides yourself, but like we have like a proper show on Mark it. Foster. So, Foster's been on a few times
1: as well, yeah. <laughs> the
2: Barricard and Cinematic <laughs> Universe just keeps expanding. Who, who, are, who, who am I in the Barricard Cinematic Universe? Like, which? You're which Clark Kent. You're Baricard. definitely Clark Kent. Clark Kent. Yeah.
1: Wears who? a suit during the day, fucking rips it off. And goes <laughs> in a fucking <laughs> Superman costume at <annoyed>. night. <laughs> Saving babies from it. fires. It fire. I don't know. Have
2: listened to the new Sizzle
1: album yeah. Haven't listened to it. No, I, heard, I haven't heard Phoebe Bridgers song on it either. Oh, Phoebe Bridges a song on it. Yeah, it's, oh. weird it's
2: like um the Phoebe Bridgers one. If you if you if you knew what all the songs, A description of all the songs, you wouldn't have put her. You would have put her on the more emo ones, but yeah. like she's on a kind of more normal scissor
0: Emo scissor songs.
2: There's like two proper like. Pop punky emoey. Oh. One of them pure sounds like an early like like uh, what's that? Uh, Avril Lavigne. Avril Lavigne's like. I need to listen to this. Guy. Yeah, but it's a great tune. And the, the, it's quite long though. The only thing is like there's so much on it. It's like an hour and eight minutes. And it's it's
0: like, is it a breakup songs. album?
2: Yeah, I mean it's SZA, so it's always kind of some sort of like heartbreak or infatuation. I've never and, listened like, to her properly. That sounds belittling. It's like it's unbel- I love. No, 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 no sir. Write that shit, but it's real. It's like good. Um,
0: yeah, it, when it's shit, it's really yeah, shit though. <laughs> He never loved me. Um, what was it? Uh, or it's actually actually it when guys do it as well. What was that fucking Robin Thicke album, The Apology to His Wife? Um, Robin Thicke, man. Do you ever do you ever listen to that album? He made no. a whole so his wife divorced him, kind of following the blurred oh, lines. Like, hey, hey, the rape anthem,
2: yeah. And yeah, <laughs> like,
0: fuck me. That, like, do you know? I I never realized how bad it was until No Fielding did a bit on it on the Big Fat Quiz of the Year. And they kind of just summarized it very quick. I was just like, oh my God, this was the song that you heard
2: everywhere. <laughs> It was did you, you experience that at
0: all? Were you I don't even know you what you were talking about. Oh what my about? god! Uh, I was, I was, I was, was going to say this Blair is probably problem. what he's so Aaron probably blocked out during the years We wasn't listening to the radio. He blocked out <laughs> <laughs> he, he blocked out L- the L- dark. He, ages. he, he blocked out LMFAO. He blocked out Blurred Lines. You you gotta hear happy though with Daft Punk. Oh my
1: fucking hell. Sound of the summer if you get a chance to listen to it, Livmy. Yes, do you not know do you not know about blurred lines? No, well, I know the song. It was a Wait, song.
0: You with... Know yeah, okay, okay. It was, I know Emily
1: Ratajkowski's in the video. I know that she's new that, in the, the video. fucking. And in what's fr- it called? Someone's sued Ed Sheeran over yeah, and all that shit. Yeah, uh, Marvin Gaye. Marvin, Marvin Gaye. Gaye. Sorry, yeah, yeah.
2: Who also they also sued Ed Sheeran. Yeah, so, yeah. Did they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for having the similar groove to "Let's Get It On." Yeah, and the song.
1: Anyway, out just out or t- or tell me what happened. I'm intrigued. So, so basically, they run through. But
0: like, if you listen to the song, isn't the lyrics? It's basically a girl going like, "I don't want to have sex with you," and he keeps going come on. I know you want me. He's like, come on. It reminds me of that. Like, you ever see that family guy sketch where it's like, um, what is it it's like sean connery's james bond he's like have sex with me and she's like no and he goes have sex with me and she's like no and then he goes have sex with me and she goes okay fine and he goes see one thousand no's and one yes still means yes oh, Jesus <laughs> it reminds Christ. me that, that's yeah, how boy. creepy that, that song that, is that
2: song in a way is like important because it was i feel like that's one of the like in the history books like me too movement so fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. Important. we had to reach the like point of like ah lads this is this sh- too far now. Like, this song is Pharrell,
0: But you know Pharrell Williams wrote a good bit of it and he yeah. got kind of scot-free it's good, from people it. Were,
2: people weren't... People weren't... Like, I'm not saying that they, like, are, like, are... I don't know that they're predators or anything. I'm not saying that, but, like... It's just, just inadvised that, like, the, lyrics. The type of music that we would have, like, grown up when we were teenagers that was on is so either just talking about tonight's the night, let's party, yeah, woo, like it's the last night, yeah, p- the ceiling can't hold us, put our hands like up. Like the ceiling you know? can't hold us. Yeah, yeah, us. <laughs> But like, honestly, you hear all, the, all those songs, they all have the same lyrical, okay, the song's about like, let's get twisted, let's get fucked up, you know, let's go to the club. And then like, also there were songs about like, yeah, sexy bitch, damn, she's a sexy bitch, all this stuff. And that was the like song where it was like, yeah we can't keep doing Yeah these, no like, Derogatory so, so we're, yeah, we're, yeah Sexy
0: Bitch like, was actually Sorry Sexy sex, <laughs> yeah. sex Bitch was really bad yeah, All of those songs that were, Like we'd hear
2: In like teenage discos And like nightclubs And we were, Damn, They're all terrible Kevin Rudolph <laughs> yeah. Hey can't leave Kevin Rudolph
0: Kevin Rudolph You know come on Do you know the, Annoyingly enough Because I listened to Gold So much afterwards To give myself To give myself a laugh Because I was like This sounds terrible It came up on my Spotify Wrapped As like my 98th song Of the the year that I listened to the most but anyway with Robin Thicke so basically he had that song then he had the thing with Miley Cyrus where basically she twerked on him when she had that the elasticated thing when she was going through it <laughs> when she was going through a weird phase but um so he had that and then uh, supposedly he was like cheating on her or whatever I don't know but um she she divorced him
1: and wait uh, Miley Cyrus was in no, the no 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 uh, there's they oh, there before the empty before
0: the VMAs I think and there's a very infamous thing where they perform blurred lines, and she twerks on him. It's what the one she kept doing the tongue thing. But um, yeah, so he so she divorced him, and then he made an apology album, uh, but and it was a whole take me back album, and she still didn't get back with him.
1: Good, good. <laughs> she's a smart woman. <laughs>
0: But uh, I think my next question is, like, like uh, back to you, <laughs> the guest. Uh, what, was the, like, what was the writing process going into Commander Trainwreck, that, that EP? Because, like, I saw that, now, I do, believe it or not, I do actually research the guests a little bit before they come on. No way. Uh, yes, I swear to God. And I saw that there was, I don't know, you were an interview where you were saying that you kind of, when you write, you write a line and then kind of bank the line and then sometimes just grab it and go, oh, it fits in here you yeah. don't actually sit is that not a very is that not, does that not take fucking ages to write a song <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm glad you asked that question because it fucking does yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, like I don't write every song like that but like a lot of times like I have like a basically a list of notes on my phone and then I carry around a notebook as well where I will write down like a lot of the songs when I started writing after it was I think it was like Gunge my writing process revolved around like hearing something funny thinking of something funny I think it's something Really self-deprecating Writing it down It's like a phrase Or a line Or a word And then writing An entire song Based on that phrase Line or word Okay So a lot of those songs Were written in that kind of vein So it was using like One phrase And being like Okay this is what the song Like like I liked a lot of bands Who weren't very literal So like if you take Like Interpol's first album Like their The lyrics in that Mm. Make absolutely no sense But they're amazing They're absolutely amazing And then like I I took the entirely Different route I like the title was what the song was about and I'm trying to like now go away from that so try to write like more like uh, abstractly and stuff but um, yeah at that time period I was like taking like funny like things so like the, the term commander train wreck was really funny to me because mm. I remember like I was going through like a difficult period and I was like I'm such a fuck like what's like like commander train wreck it was exactly how I felt at the time so I just wrote that down and I was like that's really funny because I find like if you can't make fun of yourself in those situations like the song tends to just come out as being really serious and like, holy shit, is this guy okay? You I'm know Self-deprecating. What I mean? Self-deprecating, kind of, yeah. whereas like, a lot of the times when you're going through like difficult periods in your life, they are actually quite funny when you look back on them. Hmm. Like the things that you do. And it was trying to like poke sense at that kind of like, or like poke humor, that kind of thing, where it's like, yeah, I'm sitting around like in my fucking jocks all day because I'm unemployed. I have absolutely nothing going on in my life. And like... What can I do about this I'll write a funny song about it Like it was just kind of funny Because you saw You
0: described again From the same thing It was like It was a slump It was like a slap in the face To Mm. just laughing at the absurdity Of being upset with yourself Is it or something along those lines
1: Yeah like I remember like It was the first I was really getting into like Disco and no wave And stuff like that And I was like I want to write a song That encapsulates this And it was like Trying to like Write something That was like Everyone goes through those periods where, like, I'm not, like, unique in any sense of form where, like, you have those periods where it's like, God, like, everything is just fucking shit. Mm. And it was, like, trying to encapsulate that in a song where it wasn't morbid and it wasn't, like, depressing. It was like, yeah, it's awful. Let's, like, dance to it. Let's have, like, fun to it. Like, it was trying to, like, do something like that where, like, I'm in a slump, but, like, you know, I'm going to fucking, like, dance around and stuff. So it was, like, trying to do something like that.
0: Who slapped you the worst in the music video for it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's really funny. Everyone, it was honestly, it was difficult to... Uh, to gauge. Difficult to gauge. There was well, so many participants. Because the
0: cheek would have been quite sore. And then somebody, once you slap again, you kind of get an added advantage of the pain, yeah. I would imagine so. <laughs> we,
1: we shot that video. I had the idea to do it because when I wrote the song, I was like, the snare sounds like the sound of like slapping bare skin. And I was like, oh, what can I do? That's kind of funny. I was like, it's, it's kind of like... The song is nearly like about like being slapped in the face like every every minute of every day. So I was like, it'd be really funny if the entire video <laughs> was me. Physically, like, they're all, they're all real slaps, by the way, like, physically I know they are. He sent me a video. I was like,
0: (laughs) I was like, is there some BDSM thing going on at ours (laughs) today?
1: To be honest, all the music videos end up in some way hurting myself, (laughs) which is really funny. But like, I think that that's part of like the, like, I I really love performance art. But there was like fucking
0: 16 versions of you getting slapped at high school. Yeah, like, we
1: we shot it in my friend's kitchen. Shout out Robin Curtis, Legends. (laughs) We shot it in their kitchen during COVID as well. I think it was in like December. And, uh Basically, I had all my childhood friends who were my mates. I said to them, I remember I rang them each individual. And I was like, look, I'm I wanted this music video. It's kind of a bit weird. I need you to slap me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to slap me in the face repeatedly. Um, would you be okay with that? And basically, I, you, they couldn't have said yes quicker. <laughs> they were basically... we waiting for this moment. Remember, all like, our friendship. <laughs> we were shooting it and everyone was like warming their hands up and like rolling up their sleeves so like we took turns, like one person after another would like come and slap me, and I think at the end of it, it was like six or seven hours of being slapped in the face. And, uh, what? Was that long? Industry. Yeah, it was that long, and it was funny because it was shot during COVID, like during like really strict like lockdowns, but like, um, like the fellas who I shot it with, they all had lived in the house together, so it was grand. But um, we I remember we all <laughs> we, everyone six, every, everyone was drinking. And like everyone's like drinking and partying like during the whole shoot, except me. I was like stone cold sober. So like everyone was absolutely like fucked, and they were just coming up and like it started they off being their like strength
0: and shadows. No, well. no, it
1: started off like really light, like, you know, oh, okay. like a couple of like little like taps, and then soon as like a <laughs> few cans deep, it was like. I hey, this it is for when we were thirteen. You kicked me in the balls, bam. <laughs> you know, like it was like straight away, just like really aggressive slapping, and uh, the funniest part about it was that. One guy there, um, I won't name his name. He's <laughs> he's he feature, the head the fan club? He, he's head of the fan club. He's yeah. featured in many many things. You won't name his name. He actually had COVID the entire time. Oh no! And I hadn't had COVID at that point, but like, um, he had COVID the whole time, and he was slapping me in the face the entire night, like over and over again, coughing on his hands, like slapping me in the face, <laughs> drinking cans, spilling shit everywhere, and uh, basically everyone at that shoot. I think it was like oh, maybe like seven or eight of us ended up getting covid except me i was the only one who didn't get covid so the patient entire zero. <laughs> yeah patient zero the entire <laughs> the entire like film shoot was like wiped out by that one guy who's really funny i've never had it either weirdly enough I've you've never, never, had, never it. had it No.
2: Well, what what i
0: know i should definitely have got it um oh, definitely i've it. never had it swear to god um <laughs> how did so actually in terms of writing how did dog days come about
1: uh, Dog Days came about because during, like, again, like, a lot of these songs, I'm going to reference the lockdown because they were written during that time period, or just before that time period, and then I pieced them together properly, but during that lockdown, I was doing nothing, like, and I didn't really know what I was going to do, so I was writing, like, just trying to write when I, whenever I could, and I, basically, me and my dad... Because there's nothing else to do Like we would sit together And we would watch like Old movies that he had watched When he was like uh, Like maybe like my age And like when he moved He was He's from like the country And like he moved to Dublin When he was like 17 So we watched like A bunch of like old movies That like he had watched When he was a kid So we watched like, The Deer Hunter And we watched Like The Shining We watched All those movies That would have been like classics When like mid 80s Dublin Stuff like that Yeah And then he said Have you ever seen like Dog Day Afternoon And I was like No I've never seen Dog Day Afternoon And he was like Oh you should like See this movie I'd only seen Al Pacino in, like, heat. So like that was He's my only. It's a good one to see him in. Yeah, oh, so yeah. the scent one. of a
0: woman, or as my dad calls it, of your one.
1: Yeah. So I not see like I'd only I'd only seen him play like you know like a like a cop or like you know like a, a criminal like all this kind of stuff. So I remember I watched that movie with him and like seeing him play that role at that time period specifically and how good the acting was. There's no music, super
0: progressive film. The only know.
1: music is like Elton John, like and Marina, like in the intro. That's the only like music played throughout. So like seeing him like acting that and the way it was shot and like the 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 team of the the whole thing was so inspiring for me that I had this I had this piece of music that i had been like writing and I didn't have any lyrics for it and it was originally like a disco tune and I like pieced together a few lyrics and then after that movie I like wrote like a story that was like based on that like movie about that and uh, I just put it to that song and it didn't work so I then rewrote the song to be like a weird I wanted it to sound like um. Like I don't know, like skeletons playing jazz or something like that. So like, <laughs> I re I rewrote it. To <laughs> I rewrote re- re- it to sound that's like It's
0: weirdly Pacific. Yeah, it makes total It sound. makes yeah. sense But that's what I mean. Like you say, you're just like wait, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> I wanted it to sound like that. So like, I rewrote the parts, and uh, I I had, I had done a demo of the song with like electronic drums, and um, I had it, I had that like written. It was it was much different to what the original, like the final version came out to, but um. I then was going to go record, I played drums, I think the Slump had been released, so I I played drums in the Slump and I recorded it, and I was then going to go play drums in the rest of the record as well, um, even though I'm shit at drumming, like I was terrible, I don't know what I was thinking, so I was renting out the studio from a mate of mine, Fieker Kinder, shout out Fieke Kinder, <laughs> and uh, he was going to give me like the studio for the day, and I was bringing like my own engineer to like mic up the drums, and I was going to play the drums for it, and then I went to the studio and he was there. And, like he gave us the keys. He's like yeah, you can have for the day. And I was, and he was like, "Who's playing drums?" And I was like, "I'm going to play drums." And he was like, "Ah, oh, like uh, you know, like I can play drums here if you want." Like he's, if you don't know who Fika Kinder is, he's probably one of the best drummers of all time. He played on Hosier's Take Me to Church, mm-hmm. uh, and like he's played on a lot of other things. But um, he owns like Avenue Road Studios. He gave me the keys to the studio and he said like, "I can play like I can like just sit in on a few drums if you want." I was like, "Yeah," like I played in the songs a couple of times. You'd like heard them before, like the demos. And he just went in there and like knocked everything out. Like first take, (laughs) it was unbelievable. I remember just sitting there with Sean Cork and being like, this guy is unbelievable. So he ended up playing drums in the song. And then I think that the drums on that song really made it because he was, he's like a classically trained like jazz drummer and stuff like that. And he's played like so many different genres. So he was able to like slot in completely with that feel. So he was the skeleton playing jazz. and that.
0: (laughs) Where did the video come from actually?
1: The video came from i bought this suit <laughs> <laughs> i bought this suit online like an oversized suit because i was obsessed with like it's, talking it's the same way you sent
0: the photo of me too wasn't it it was yeah, 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 yeah. i was the cover obsessed photo. with
1: talking heads stopped making sense and i had this whole idea where i wanted it to be like similar to dog day afternoon but like taking like a modern twist in it. and uh i had this uniform as well that i had this guardy uniform that i got in a uh, charity shop in a uh, strokestown <laughs> um, Where the this, fuck is Strokestown? Strokestown's in Roscommon I <laughs> okay, yeah. had this old guard uniform That I got in the charity shop in Um Like a full on vintage uniform I had like everything
0: Yeah because it's a real uniform isn't
1: it? It's a real uniform it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, like, it's a real uniform Yeah, yeah.
0: You know my brother's a guard No way And I asked him the logistics of that He goes Nah maybe not mention it
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well we We will say It was bought in a charity shop In Strokestown uh, In 2021 But well, they're not wearing it so. anymore So it's fine Yeah exactly <laughs> Mm. and then and then I said it I did, is vintage so what I, I, <laughs> it is it, no it's I think it's from like the 80s it's a real it's actually really nice to be honest with you I, I didn't say that but you um,
0: fucking wearing it around now Yeah.
1: then uh so I had this idea for a video and I wanted to make it like kind of like, like a piss take I, I really loved all the Beastie Boys videos the early ones they did in like the <sighs> 90s and the 80s
0: Intergalactic is one of the best Yeah like something like there. that Where it was it Spike was Jones of, directed that
1: Yeah like yeah. So it was coming from that That point of view Like I, I love skateboarding So like I would have watched Like a lot of skateboarding videos Spike Jones would have like Recorded a lot yeah, of them Yeah so yeah she so Jackass his, and all that Kind of kind on Yeah like his take on like That kind of thing was really interesting So I was like Who will I get to play the guard <laughs> who, who will I get to play the guard And I was like Zach does not look like a guard In any way <laughs> no, shape sure, or you, form you would
0: also You had to be clean shaven as Yeah a guard. Th- that's the funny it's thing like dirty you, mustache you, you didn't
1: always So like Oh did you not okay I think that's where it came about I was like Would you play the guard And then you said to me like Oh like a- will, will I shave Will I shave a dirty Ronnie Because like If you ever look at like Videos like reading The years of, like guards In the 70s yeah. They all have Ronnie's yeah, yeah. And uh, so we got you To shave the beard Into a Ronnie Like,
2: like a fucking Video game creation character Like
1: It was just too fun Like when he put The uniform on as well He just changed completely He was like Proper in character The entire time he does get it. Like, did he, he get a power? Para- he had a para- He did have a power oh, yeah. trip. Power trips. and like we were filming it like outside. We filmed it in like Yellow Door Music Studios. Uh, we, we filmed like on the. On this, on <laughs> Sorry, the... is that where it's filmed? Yeah, it's filmed like in the in the, in the fucking car park out there. And we filmed. <laughs> That's we filmed, hilarious. We filmed a bit I of thought a... you rented out some space. <laughs> no, no, we didn't. Uh, we filmed it there, <laughs> it's filmed like half. It's filmed there, and then half of it is filmed in uh I had a friend of mine who got a studio. He was amazed with the guy and he got the studio for free for the day. We filmed like the white part there but like the majority of us filming the Yellowdose studio and I remember like we were doing the scene where like Zach had me like on the oh, bonnet of the car yeah. and like he was like just beating the shit out of me and all these guys came over like what's going on? What's going on? Because it looked <laughs> really? it looked so real. It looked like a scene from like the 70s of like a guard kicking the shit out of some guy with like did, long like, hair.
2: down with their guitars and stuff and just like stopped like a deer in the headlights seeing me and like I kinda of noticed some at the corner of my eye, but like commitment to the art, you know, I was committing to the take. It was like, you know, just keep going, just keep and she didn't stop. And it was going on for like the full verse and then afterwards I had to like shout like Not a real guard. No
1: <laughs> We were like, Oh, we're just filming a video and they're like I was like, but I was like, did it look real? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, sick! That's <laughs> amazing. You got the shot. I was really
2: That was the closest I've been worried that I was gonna like ever. I don't know, go beyond the internet for like you know police brutality or something. Oh, some that'd shape, be you know fucking.
0: Know? Could you imagine? Well, it'd be a Uh-oh. very viral campaign. <laughs> we, no, we, we we
1: did talk about using the uniform though to get into Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah. Because we were yeah, we were yeah. trying to get Phoebe Bridgers tickets. We were like, oh, will you dress up as the guard <laughs> and bring me in <laughs> in the cuffs? <laughs> Connor shot that music video, didn't he? Connor Regan. Yeah, how Connor did you Regan.
0: how did you meet him? Cuz I like, like I've seen I have seen him at every show like he takes most mm-hmm. if not all the do f- he takes everything, doesn't he?
1: He do- well I I uh, work with like a couple of different people like Connor does like a lot of like the the, the stuff like he's a really close friend of mine and he's extremely extremely yeah, talented. He's so talented. Yeah, like he's unbelievable. He's also lovely as well. He's the nicest <laughs> yeah, guy, so the nice. nicest guy fucking ever. Um I I met him because he was in school with me. He was the year below me and I would have known him like back then, I wouldn't have known him that well, though. But he's actually my uh, my girlfriend's next door neighbor.
2: Oh, really? Which is really funny. Yeah. He lives just over there. Like- he literally oh, no lives, uh, he lives <laughs> up the road. Yeah, it's kind of
1: funny. Uh, so, like, I think uh, I. Oh, I do remember how I met. I was going to say I don't remember. How could I forget this? I remember I was coming home one night. I think I was drinking in town with you, Zach. Mm. I'm not sure. And I had a few pints. And I remember I fell asleep on the train home. <laughs> because I was pissed and I got off the train I was like God I hope I don't meet anyone on the walk home <laughs> then. It's, like it's like a 20 minute walk from the train station to my house and I was like we just don't meet it was really cold at night as well I was like, I hope I don't meet anyone it's like Saturday night like 1am and I was walking down the road and I saw this guy like stumbling like around and it was Connor Beacon <laughs> 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 he came like running up to me and he was like he was pissed as well he's like hey man how's it going like you just want to say like I love all your music he's like oh, I'd love to like do something with you sometime And like I was like Oh I really just want to go home But I was like I don't want to be rude So I was like I'll just stay chatting with him for a moment And like we stayed chatting For like I think three or four hours Oh wow Until like 4am I was like We sat on like a little like fence together Outside the train station We're like talking about like art And like music and video All this kind of stuff And like We realised we had so much stuff in common And he was really interested In doing something different He wanted to make like art He didn't Like he had done like a lot of like Like commercial kind of promotional stuff And he wanted to like Make something like completely different Where it was really just about making like art and not about like trying to like sell something or make something like really mm-hmm. like it and I was like I'm in the same school as well. I want to make something that is just purely like um interesting for other people it's not like trying to sell anything to any anyone like that so we clicked on that level straight away where it was more about making something that is just going to last like a long time instead of just shoveling out any old shit like We could easily have done Like any music video Where it's like You know Four dudes playing In like a fucking Like warehouse Whatever I'm
0: sick and tired Of those videos Yeah like they're really boring
1: Like you want to make something That is interesting for people So straight away We like clicked And he started coming to gigs And he started taking like Videos of the gigs And pictures of the gigs And then we worked on like The Slump music video together and then we did dog days, and we've done like some more stuff as well. So,
0: but even like is something as simple as like, because
1: you're going on tour with. There's a tour for when is the tour actually? The tour is on Feb- I think February second. I think. But even year. like
0: the side scrolling thing that he did, which isn't very simple, but just having the photos organized in that particular way, it's like yeah, those little things add a lot of more character to just the regular. So
2: completely, <laughs> that man is such a such a fucking dedicated like you, photographer oh my like, god did, like, the little
0: sis thing he was frotting back and oh, forth and fucking that. up I mean, this like, angle and that like, angle
2: Voices and staying in like the hotel like you know we get back and it was like two or something but like you know, I think I, I like I was the last one to fall asleep, but I remember like he'd spend like an hour or two at like three in the morning just like editing photos. Really, he yeah. doesn't
1: sleep like he goes to sleep at like I think like four or five a.m. Like he's always awake no matter what. Like he'll text you at like four in the morning, but hey man, just wondering like do you want to do this like next week and like all this kind of stuff? Is like, he one of the lucky people that can function on five hours of sleep? Kinda, yeah. Like yeah. he can he can he he's, can do anything. He can do anything all the time. Which is <laughs> he's an amazing yeah. human, but like yeah, he's the kind of guy like a lot of photographers. uh I haven't like worked with really any of Most people that I work with have been like amazing like straight away. But like I know a lot of bands and stuff, they'll like work with a photographer and stuff, and they'll be like weeks trying to get the photos off them and stuff. Connor Began will send you the photos an hour after you finish the gig. he send you them that <laughs> night. He's he's unbelievable he's a machine. Like he's just so he's so quick at editing, he's so like he's just a, he's an amazing Fuck guy. Me. <laughs> yeah. He's incredible.
0: Oh my god, that's amazing. Well, so we're at the end of the part of the podcast now Whether we have a second part, don't worry. But this is where you kind of promote what you're doing next. And then the next part is where I ask you questions that I would ask you if we were drunk in a pub. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> if you're cool this. with that. I'm cool, yeah. Um, <laughs> actually, we have one more question. We're going to wait till Zach comes in because Zach is facilitating it. But, um, oh, I might as well ask one. He's not here, so I might as well ask the first one. Yeah, we're quick. uh I always forget what they are. Um... Oh, here's a question. What was the first and last album you ever bought?
1: The first album. So if we're doing like, will we do physical records? Uh,
0: Well, yeah. Well, like I always say it's like physical for, yeah, physical, physical.
1: Yeah. I'll hey. it, like like CD or vinyl, whatever, whatever way you yeah. want. The first record I bought, I think I was 16 at the time. And um, I went into that record shop in George's Arcade. I can't remember the name of it I can't remember that Oh name, my god I you know know the exact- one, yeah, It's still yeah, it's, there It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's George's arcade. Yeah. I went in there And uh, I think I was just Getting into like Folk and stuff at that time And I was into Bob Dylan My dad's a huge Bob Dylan fan So I remember it's going to The Bob Dylan section And Picking out a record And The first record that came out Was The very very first album That he did Which was basically It's, it's just self-titled It's called Bob Dylan I think he was only like 20 when he recorded it and it's all is that all he was when he did his first one yeah no one knows about it though because like the Freewheeling came out then and then like I think that was the big album for him but it's basically <clears throat> there's no original songs on it they're all old like um spiritual songs and like folk songs and like stuff like that and he just does his own version that was the first record I bought and I brought it home and if you listen to it his voice is completely different it's like a totally raw really incredibly grating like it's so hard to as listen to as grating
0: as his voice is now
1: Worse It's so it's, it's so, really? so high pitched Because he's so young Like it's oh, it's suppose, really Really yeah. bad And like But I remember Just being in love with it I was like This is so amazing It's awful But it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> Like it was the first time Where I heard Awful music And I was like This is great music You know what I mean yeah. That was the first record That I uh, That I bought I think That, that, that I brought it home <laughs> And then like The best song I think on In My Time of Dying His version of that Was extremely influential Like on everything that I do It's incredible <clears throat> uh, what was the last one you bought The last one I bought I think was I'm Trying to think now I actually got sent Okay I haven't bought this But I I, I met a guy <coughs> Excuse me We Sounds played uh, We played Ireland Music Week And I met a lovely man from Nashville, Tennessee Who came over He runs a record label called Propeller Sounds Record label And uh, I was a huge fan of their label Because I'm a huge fan of the band uh, The DBs or the Decibels Whatever you want to call them and uh, I met him at Ireland Music Week and they recently reissued, his record label recently reissued all the DB's uh, couple of albums on their label. So I think they bought their catalogue. How many did they have? I think they have like, God, I don't know. Maybe Is it like more than four? Th- no, I think oh, maybe okay. like three, maybe maybe four, I'm not sure. Um, But they, I think, ha- uh, I think they own the rights to them at the moment. So... I remember I was listening to them, and I was like, oh this this record label releases the DBs. I'm a huge fan of the DBs, and then I saw, oh shit, they're they're going to be at Ireland Music Week. They were one of the delegates, the delegates, yeah, the guests that were coming over. <clears throat> so I really want to talk to them. And then I met um the the guy Jay at Ireland uh, Music Week, and I was just chatting when I was saying I'm a huge fan of the DBs, and mm. like I love that you're reissuing all their old records because no one knows that band and they're an incredible band. Um, a "Spy in the House of Love" is a great song. Uh, big Brown Eyes is, is another great one But um, I was talking with him And he was like Yeah like I'd love to like send you If you're such a big fan You know like I'm a huge fan of yours Like my daughter loves you as well <laughs> um, Which I thought was hilarious yeah. <laughs> Someone in like Nashville Listening to like my music um, He was like Yeah if you want Like I can send you uh, Some records over And I was like Yeah like I'll send you some records So I sent him like uh, Some records And uh, then I sent him Like uh, we, like last year we did uh, Like a limited run Like 20 t-shirts I hand printed them and I had I think like one nice. left over that I found, so I sent it to him and his daughter. I was like, "This is for your daughter, like, thanks for like listening." And he sent me like a bunch of records. So he sent me the first couple of DBS albums, and I've been listening to them like oh, a lot. Nice. They're really such a nice guy. He's a lovely, lovely that's guy. Ma- that's a class story. Yeah.
0: Who actually, just you saying you did the t-shirts yourselves. Do you do the artwork for yourselves for the? No,
1: no. I absolutely don't. I have absolutely like very little to do with the artwork. My my girlfriend, who's been like a huge influence on my music and like my life, she um. She does all the artwork. Okay. For me, um, she, I, I like a very distinct style. Of it. It's very gorgeous. distinct style. Yeah, she, she does all the artwork, and it's, it's, it's amazing. Like we'll just like chat, um, like I let her like listen to the song, and then she like come up with something like it's, it's fucking amazing. Like yeah, everything, no, everything I,
0: everything I, 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 Commander Trainwreck, particularly, I was, just, I was looking at just going like me as a graphic designer, I was like this looks fucking class. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but uh, I the, I did something with your artwork actually. When I was like looking through Spotify, and it's like nearly everyone. Has like a different color, but they fit. Like they're all different colors to each other, but they all fit the same kind of like like a, what do you call it like a continue like a color spectrum. Yeah, even though the the artwork are all different, but they're all similar as well. It's kind of
1: cool. Like I admittedly have a terrible eye when it comes to visual stuff. So like. Uh like she really yeah she like does like everything like that it's it's like she's such a good eye for it it's it's i'm very very lucky to have someone like that in my life you know
0: the goo one particularly i was like i was looking at it and i like <laughs> i love this one i thought that was brilliant Thank you so but much. uh one of the things that uh i was like because we're talking about your music but like i never hear you talk about you so you have these two songs in your discography that i haven't heard you mm. mention and they're very like different to all your other songs so, like the first one's called average joe could you tell us about average joe
1: I have a song? Wait, what?
0: So, I was going through your discography on YouTube today after listening to Skint. Right. In your channel, and there's a song called Average Joe, which I've never heard before.
1: Is it me? Because I don't have a song called Average Joe. <laughs> oh, well, well just, just, just Zach's going to show it to us that he let can let tell us a little bit, bit can about I it. you hear a bit of Average Joe Wait, there? So the ad stuff, they're not
2: getting free ad time. No, on. no, no They're not, not getting fucking free ad time Seriously, on this Skinner, podcast. Don't chat to mom, mom. Is the name
1: of No, Average Joe.
2: Oh, well, you only sent me Don't
1: chat to Man. Oh, well, Average Joe's good as well.
2: It's on, it's on, it's on your profile. Yo. It's on my profile. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm going to have to get my people to look into that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so me, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was like different voice dialects, everything.
2: Man, I wish this was me, holy <laughs> shit
1: we, Are we sharing the same name? Yeah Amazing you- gonna, <laughs> From now on, this is me <laughs> we need to put this in the intro song I, like, I,
2: like,
0: I don't remember Aaron's voice being this deep
1: <laughs> no this is uh, uh, for the record straight this is not me um, I think it's somewhat <laughs> similar oh, like it's the same name but
0: YouTube puts it into it so because I was listening to a mixtape on it it was just like your song that came on I was like what the fuck is this Um. Uh, okay next question is If you were to pick one change in the Irish scene, what would it be?
1: If you asked me this a year ago, I would have said, bands, stop wearing really shit suits, because that was a thing for ages where, like... It was always, like, just, like, (laughs) bands, you know, like, four four or five dudes, like, wearing, like, really bad suits, trying to be, like, the same thing, like, over and over again. That would be the main thing, but uh, I think now... In the last year I think a lot's changed Like that Like I always hated the That term post-punk Like yeah, I I, 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 like post-punk I, I yeah. love post-punk music But I think that The way it was used in the media Particularly in, in, in Irish Like it was grabbed onto like A very few bands who were not post-punk At all In the slightest I way I completely
0: agree with you Because I've listened to bands That get the post thing before And it's just like It's just a collectivism term at this point It, it is Like
1: <laughs> it, it became a sensationalised media thing Like Britpop did And all Sound that Jeff. kind of stuff and to me now it's a dirty word. Like I don't, I never use the what, term post punk. Yeah, I it's never.
2: Ironic because I feel like post punk has been used as a way of differentiating like rock bands from what was really popular like ten, fifteen years ago, like Blink One Eighty Two, or yeah. even like classic rock, or like what was that, the Darkness, or you know, not Nirvana so much, but you know, like classic Guns and Roses is like rock. ACDC is rock, so people don't want to say rock. So post punk yeah, became f- this thing of like more intellectual rock or something no it, I, I, th- like
1: that. I, I think i think be- it became a thing where Appreciate like like no i'm grand thank you bar um like post-punk in its in its like you know like feed of state when it first came about was was very much so about like individuality and including things in punk music if you want to call it that like like that that weren't there so like you look at like disco a lot of reverb a lot of weird kind of stuff like was included in it. The stuff that came out of Ireland in the last, you know, five or six years had none of that, in, in my opinion. Anyway, it's like the core. So I don't understand why it was called post-punk, because to me it was not post-punk at all. So cha- like going going from that like time period, like I think now in the last like year or so, it's completely different now. Like there's a lot of bands coming out who are very original, extremely mm. original. um, And it's not taking off like a lot of those bands like Joy Division and stuff like that, that like a lot of other people would have taken off. It's very, very original, and I'm actually a huge fan of what's coming out like at the moment.
0: There's certain Irish bands that I can think of that are actually attributed. To, they're called post-bunk, and you listen to it and you're just straight away. You're just like, no, it's mm. not. Like, it's, it's not. not at
2: all. No, <laughs> is rock, guys? Is rock is it's more a post-rock. Rock, if anything, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion, but anyway, then post-rock is like you know, like enemies or like you know, and so I watch it from afar. Yeah, like... yeah.
0: Have you ever listened to post-metal actually? No, no, i never to
1: listened to post metal. Post metal is pretty good, is it? Um, that but, sounds like something that I'd like to but a lot of it kind
0: of goes into gent, which I'm not a fan of, which is like the eight string guitars and stuff. Like, yeah. but uh, there's some really good stuff. Uh I think like Russian circles are considered post metal, and they're like I've shown you them, they're uh, an instrumental band, they're fucking amazing. The new album out this year, actually, but they're very, very, very good.
2: You guys yeah. ever listened to post oh, yeah, yeah, man Pat? Oh, man. Yeah, me, man. that guy Pat. was the shit. <laughs>
0: So friendly. It black and white cat.
2: <laughs> I
1: think, like, when you talk about, like, post-punk, what I didn't like about that period when, like, specifically, like, you talk about, like, Enemy and, like, Pitchfork and stuff, like, taking, like, the Irish post-punk scene. Like, a lot of that music was, like, very macho and, like, you know, like, oh, you know, like, it's, it's totally taking away from the point of what post-punk was supposed to be in the first place, which was, like, individuality and, like, you know, like, people who were, like, accepting of everyone. Mm. I find, like the more aggressive side of it is not what i identify with in my you know in my own life or anything like that and i found that like that's what it became it's like a very stark boring sound you know straight away like it's 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 not what it's about
0: but like the bands that were attributed to in ireland like we won't name any we of them. won't name them. but um like you kind of knew it straight away it's just kind of brooding almost but it would go <sighs> it would lend more of itself to noise than post-punk yeah. like it was kind of like it was very strange. Oh, a new post She's like, no, they're not. <laughs> mm. But it's just a marketing term. Of course it
2: is. Yeah,
1: of course it's a, market, it is. Like yeah, course is a marketing it is. term. And like I understand that the bands that were categorizing that had no had no playing. Oh
0: way. no, it's not. It's not the no bands, band. There's no band. The
2: same bands. I'm like.
0: No, 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 make no, no. Make I don't think we are, are. But there's like there's no band that co- I don't like. Most bands that i speak into to do not classify themselves correctly yeah. as no, not correctly. They will not classify themselves the same thing that. A music reviewer or a or a journalist would classify but you the as that, That's
1: the thing. You see, like I always say like music journalism is just so lazy. It's shit at the moment. I have no problem saying that music journalism is absolutely in the toilet. It's the worst it's ever been. It's like so lazy. It's okay. so clickbait. It's, it's 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 so destructive for so many people. And I think that it should be said like now that like if you're a good music journalist, you want to do something like different straight away because it's absolutely in the toilet. Like, no one's even trying anymore. You know what I mean? Like, in fairness, it's so shit. Like, who even reads anything anymore?
2: In fairness, are we thinking about music journalism as, like, on the, like, blog and print space or whatever? Yeah. But, like, if you think about, like, YouTube or podcasts, like, that's some of the best, if you would say... Like- it's it's
1: taking over. Like, print, print like, music journalism is dead because yeah. no one's buying magazines. But, like, blog music journalism is absolutely atrocious. Like Yeah. And, like, I understand to a certain extent why it is the way it is because like websites make their revenue from ad clicks and they make yeah. it their the revenue from people coming in. So you need to post about, you know, like the biggest thing in like the news that week and stuff like that. But, and you need to post the most sensationalized thing. But there is a part of me that's also like, well, you could do something different. You could like try and make your own scene and you could talk about things that are actually interesting. Yeah. Whereas like it now it's like, if you read like most reviews of like what a lot of outlets, I'm not going to name them, but like what a lot of outlets are doing, even in Ireland and stuff, it's so boring it's incredibly boring
0: but like even like i used to get very bogged down with reviews and like constantly there's a few times where like we've been doing like our the show that we do together and i kind of go like oh well this thing and i've eventually stopped but the ones that like i used to get really bogged down by anthony fontana was one but i do agree but then i realized it's like oh i don't actually really care but the thing is when you actually start reading reviews from other sites that are really poorly written that are just scathing of a band you're just like Okay, well, at least these guys actually have an opinion. It might be one that I completely disagree with, but just this laziness. The one, the only ones that I had to trust now is that uh, Brooklyn Vegan is a very good review mm, site. Yeah, good. And I like Brooklyn Vegan, especially for their metal. Their metal reviews are brilliant. And Angry Metal Guy, which, guess what they review. But uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, like other ones I kind of, like like even just reading stuff from the Irish Times and stuff when they review an album, been reading, reading ones, and just like, oh, this is just like they gave it th- two out of five for they didn't like this one particular song or something. It's like, no, you should dissect the whole thing as a piece and write it as a piece. But then again, they might only have the characters of 100, but I'm rambling. But it is very but that's difficult. just kind of
2: review based journalism where it's like, I think like there's a real boom of like people making videos. I watched some video of some guy had like earlier today, like a thousand views talking about like hard bop jazz, like this video essay. And it was just so brilliantly put together. Great examples, great like way of dissecting the style of heart. Like, cause like I'm, I'm getting a little bit of jazz. You know, I went through a lot. You've been day, a you know? jazzy boy for a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. We got a trumpet there in the side of the room. <laughs> there is a trumpet sitting here in the side hanging of the room. Off people. stands just like it's like, hanging off a mic stand, and it's been used. Believe me. Oh
2: yeah. Oh, there's there's definitely spit and valves. Um, but yeah, there's loads of great like people making content. Let's say about music now that like yeah. it's probably better than like you would get some things back in the day some television things or some passionate like you know journalists or whatever but if you think about the journalism as like people just making stuff that's not music but like discussing it or talking about it there's loads of great even podcasts there's like that like uh dissect podcast oh my god have you they listened do, to it, Aaron? Do... no i haven't oh one. my god the one on to that's Spotify, a good that's a, that's that's only, when you're ready it's like, like it's like a, it, it, it does, it, it, it really gets into one. it in such a way that it's like reading a kind of like like a thesis kind of thing. And it, like, it, it I mean, I love that album, and I had my own interpretation of what that album meant. But then you kind of listen to this and you're like, wow, I didn't even think that you could like analyze such things again. Not that that's what you make music for, but in terms of like when you love an album and you hear someone point out these things, then you get even more like listens out of it. Another you know, brilliant so. one was
0: m- music, it was a music exploder. Uh, Song Exploder Sonic Exploder Sonic yes. Have you ever listened to that one
1: No I'm so bad for podcasts I get I'm these... one right now <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well they get Basically what they'll do is They'll get an artist in Like the one The one that I first listened to Was churches And they were doing that I oh, don't know I can't remember how it goes, but they had, they, basically they had churches on, and what they do is they get every member of churches, or they just get one member and they break. But they'll break down the song bit by bit by bit, and the recording so, process, and the recording process like out. every little aspect of it. See, yeah, I like
1: that. Oh, you'll love. You'll love. So like
0: Trent Reznor was on it from Nine Inch Nails. Um, Corey Taters one, even Leanne though Havis on Leanne Havis, was, Havis on was on it. I like. I'm not a big Slipknot fan, but even him breaking down. It was a song off. It was the album after the Grey Chapter, but um he breaks down this song which they had a children's choir singing it and stuff i was just to hear the isolated vocal and the isolated drum and stuff and then you had then at the and at the end they play the full song basically so they show you each isolated bit and they tell you exactly how they came about making it and at the end you get to hear the whole song it's a fucking unreal like that, podcast as opposed to like they can be like 40 minutes long for like wow as
2: opposed to the older forms that would that's much more like that has longevity as in like people will still seek out like the dissect podcasts or, or the song exploder stuff mm. from years back. Whereas like, that's not really, I don't think hasn't really been the case. Obviously there's been examples of great music documentaries and, and stuff. But yeah. Like, but in terms of, I don't know, it's like the, yeah, the people, people will seek, and there's so much of that good stuff coming out. Um,
0: it, but it is kind of like, it's one of those things like music reviewing, I find kind of we, a weird one. Cause it's very hard to find, Like a site, like as I said, I really like Brooklyn Vegan. I think Brooklyn Vegan is a very, um, what's impartial reviewer thing. But sometimes, like I find, like when I'm reading these reviews, and like obviously it's a review, it doesn't really matter on your personal intake of the music. But occasionally, it kind of bothers me where they just hate on something for a very niche uh, yeah. thing and it's but
2: it's because they're, they're subjective and like yeah. I think we're there's a lot of people looking like at like music in, in nowadays I, f- I found that working in the shop it was like I remember we're like Tyler the Creator's new album came out and Charlie uh, <laughs> the Creator's new album came out and there was like some kid in the shop buying Igor or something and I asked the guys like oh like do you listen to I just made yeah. a small talk with the customer <laughs> or whatever sometimes it was like, oh do you listen to the new album it was like out the night before like literally like t- less than you know 10 hours ago, and he was like, instantly, this like 17 year old agent was like, Yeah, I think it's like, you know, probably like in my top five chart of the creator. Or like, he's like, instantly, like, sectioning it off, yeah, yeah, like, quantifying it. It's like, this has been out for so little, and like. Again, it's nothing against, like, people do that, but it's like, it's a weird, like, why do we feel the need to, like,
1: categorize categorize race and stuff like that, yeah.
2: Like, I I can never pick a favorite, like, anything, really. I mean, I have things that I love, but I'm like, if someone's like, what's your favorite album? Like, oh, fuck. Well, it's probably Adrian Lenker songs, but that's like.
1: (laughs) If I I had to. If
2: I had to. Like, if I had one album for, like, a desert island, it's that one, probably. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. People get, like, really, like, trying to categorize, like, rate stuff. And I, I don't know. That aspect, I think, is really unhealthy. But then when you have, like, these like little video essay things. It's like people are only making that because they're passionate about it. Yeah. And in much the same way that someone is passionate and makes the art, these people have put the passion into creating this like essay about something. Yeah. And I think that stuff is great.
1: Completely, yeah. Like I think like one of the biggest problems I have with like so like journalism like reviews and stuff like that is that, no one is taking risks on new bands anymore. Yeah. Like, there's so many like, really like fresh and like new bands. No one will touch them. It's the same with like, it's the entire industry really. like, it's, like record labels, yeah. publishers, promoters, like no one goes near anything that's new. They're like, this, they, they find something that works like this works, you're that, you do this or that's, you know, like we, we, don't, we don't, we don't do anything with you basically. Yeah. And like, I think, you know, I, I can't speak for it, but like from what I've just read so far, like back in the day, there was a lot more risk Taking the music industry Mainly because there was More music and stuff as well There was more money though. There was more money Yeah there was more money There was way more money But like It needs to go back To that route of like Finding something new mm-hmm. And like Being the Champion first person it. Championing it like, Yeah completely yeah Everyone should listen to this Yeah you know? totally Like that. that's the way it should be But
2: people still do that Like all of my friends And I'm sure all your friends Like still do find things Like oh no this is great You know people should listen to this You know it doesn't matter what, Like who the band is Or whatever If someone connects with it, They want to like share it with people and you know make sure it's appreciated like, mm. in the same way that you appreciate it yeah so. like try to but access a very access unheard of people, so. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> you get
1: tired of reading about like the same bands over and over and over again like every single time mm. and it just becomes really repetitive and like it's not to any of their fault because like they're not the ones who are writing the reviews about themselves but yeah. like there should be more diversity in it I think especially yeah. particularly with like new music so people that are doing things that are new and stuff like that they should get more of a spotlight on it straight away but it's the same
0: like like modern radio now. Sorry, I couldn't cross you there, Zach. But like you listen to this kind of band that sounds the exact same as something that's come beforehand oh, yeah. like, over and over and over again. I'm like, why? Like, I know that it's marketable. But like I always maintain that if you were to have, and I was talking about this with George Mercer actually, was I always maintain that if you were to have an Irish sound of the play, just not the normal shit, it'd be way more, because radio is a... You know, it's a medium that's kind of getting less on this part. If you play that kind of shit, you'd have people in 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 Ireland. I think would listen to it a lot more than the yeah. fucking like. How many people? I know it's pretentious, say, but like, how many people do you think listens to like regular radio music on a regular basis? Like, I know it's very popular, but like,
1: car people, yeah, people car drive people, yeah, up. yeah,
2: and, and like you know, like there was like no, I know like, there's, I know there's a lot, but like like oh, like like sometimes like I remember like when it was actually like two weeks before uh, John Barker's. Show on ninety eight FM, you know, was was finished or whatever, and I just made this decision. I was like, I'm just gonna start listening to Totally Irish, and it was unbelievable. Mm. Like it was such an enjoyable. Like I can sit and put on an album, but I was like, never appreciated so much like that. I like it's been years, and like I'd listen to it occasionally, but never like made the intent of like like watching a movie. I want to sit and listen to a show. Unbelievable, and I was like so excited. I was literally like, I was like. I'm going to post this on Instagram because like, people should really be and then it was God <laughs> no, oh, for fuck's but sake but then he's got his show on Dublin City FM again so which is the because he's such
0: like, like, I'd, like I'd, I don't think I've ever heard Ali Koulibaly on the, on, on the radio she's makes Koulibaly. some of the best fucking R&B music I've listened to in years like that kind of stuff like there's plenty of shit that we could go listen to than just I'm trying to think of who's popular at the moment
1: I mean, no, can handy, <laughs> but German See, Candy no, or, uh. the, the, the but problem but there's nothing wrong that,
0: with being popular. Like, if people like it, like I get people liking stuff. It's the problem is that you're kind of over oversaturated with. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Well, like the the real problem with radio is that uh, like radio pluggers or like people in radio will get sent stuff by radio pluggers. So th- these are basically people who are hired by record labels. They're hired by artists, and artists and record labels pay them money to send their song out to other radio shows. So radio shows will have trusted pluggers that they, you know, completely agree with and everything that they do. So if they get a song sent by someone who they trust, they'll be like, "Okay, I've been sent like really good songs by these people before. And like, you know, they're really popular in the radio. I'm going to play this. And this is the problem that you have. The more money that you pump into things, the more you get played. Mm. So radio is very much based around money. It's based around like money and advertising. So like if you have something that is popular in the radio, they're always going to play it straight away they're never going to take risks on on something that's new and they're never going to play anything that's i suppose like venturing outside of that very set thing that they have i
2: think this is a very irish specific conversation i mean i'm sure it's still relevant as things, but like irish radio is so there's only like a couple of like professional like as in like profit making stations or like big stations mm. whereas in england there's so many of them <clears throat> and like english radio i still think yeah. is like Again I have I'm not I don't live there I've never lived there But like You still have those channels Where it's like People just play Like you know yourself like you Oh can, yeah you know, Like Mexico radio uh, look, Wait whatever. what if, look, you...
1: If, if you take the state So like our Our our, our main broadcaster Is state run So like straight away You know that They're taking no chances On anything But it's also saying, You yeah. take away the state Yeah, yeah If you it's take away the, the state Yeah See the BBC though Is private though
2: No BBC is completely public So they will take yeah. chances Because they're like we don't need to like keep listeners engaged. I mean, because they're just gonna have them because it's the BBC. They like so that's not saying it's like it's just as easy for our team to do the same thing. There's different aspects or whatever, but like they they can play like BBC Six will literally like they play so anything many yeah. Irish like small acts getting played on BBC Steve Lamack or whatever. There are still people out there that do that, but yeah. we don't have. If there's John Barker. There's a couple. There is a couple of people, but it doesn't get the same listenership, I think. No. Because there's not as many, like, actual FM frequencies in our cars as there would be if you're in England, a much more local radio. Like, if you're in the northern part of England, you get all these, like, smaller stations. Whereas, like, in Ireland, it's, it's, yeah. it's not quite the same. I actually
0: listened to a good local radio. Now, it was an online radio station last night that Lily sent me, which is a... Well, I just have it here before I forget. It was a Dublin Digital Radio. Oh, yeah, DPR. Yeah, yeah, really good. Never yeah. listened to it before. So they had... um. Dare opium queen i probably pronounced that wrong but he was doing a black metal night and it was pretty sweet nice but again that's like he played some
2: radio it's not like
0: yeah but, but it was still like like it, like there was no talking or anything on it but it was still just like if we could just have an hour like it was a, it was an hour of classic black metal so it was like it, was, it wasn't bands that i would listen to like mayhem and all those kind of ones like there was what else was on it, Kralis was on it, but like the the, the old 90s and early naughty stuff, but like still just to have an hour of just like a showcase thing, I was like we should have more shit like this, it's very simple, it's only an hour, Yeah. put it on at a good time but speaking of bands that need to be you know like this whole kind of queer thing who do you think is the most under, who would you say is a very underrated artist that needs a bit of a shout out, oh, fuck me
1: very underrated artist that needs a bit of a shout
0: out um... well not needs a shout out, but who do you think is like a very underrated artist just in general
1: um let me think now i think that search results they're banned from like dublin they're incredible like such a good name for a band great great name out are they're, they're doing things that are really really interesting really different to what's going on at the moment um
2: they're the ones
1: that were at tilt weren't they they were at tilt yeah Fantastic. they're amazing yeah they're savage what type of music is it oh, it's
2: hard to describe <laughs> you know like
1: that's the best thing about them is like it's it's kind of just them, you know, in a way, like it's, it's kind of very,
2: dangly, it's kind of perfect course. It's kind of punk. It's kind
1: yeah, of like Midwestern emo. Midwestern yeah. Emo, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Midwestern emo. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of different things like incorporate, but it's very much their own sound. You know what I mean? Okay. Like they're, what I love, I love when I see a band that takes a lot of influences, but then they combine them to make, you know, something different. So like, if you think about like, like a meat grinder Like you're adding in All these different things Like seasoning And like meat And, all, and then like You grind it up And then you come out With like a finished product It's mm. completely different What the original product Started as I love when I see Things like that They're one of the bands That are Like fucking amazing I think And they're Irish And they're Irish Yeah they're from they're, they're, I think they're based In Dublin at the moment well, okay. yeah really really good I love that
2: other voices gigs
1: oh cruel sister oh who <laughs> oh, are oh. cruel sisters? oh Barra no. sister. you don't know cruel sister uh, you don't know sister we're gonna I cut do. this part out of the podcast
0: Cher just went on The chair just uh, uh, <laughs> collapsed
1: when we told Barra about cruel sister there <laughs> that
0: was <laughs> what's
1: that is yeah, that, that it oh, no, no. no
0: six, I didn't get up let me get up does that happen often? Yeah, it does. I was about to say I'm not that. Yeah, fine, if it I? collapses a
2: lot. <laughs> get, get sit
0: up again. I'm off it, just off it
2: altogether. I'll just get out of
0: your, I'll get out of your way. <laughs> I,
2: I gotta, I gotta sit on the chair to do it. There you go. I think. Yeah, just don't, don't lean back too much. Yeah, yeah. Actually, just don't lean back at all. All right, <laughs> I'll sit in
1: the. Who are cruel sister? I've never
0: heard a cruel sister
1: before. Awkward, you. You'd like it's it's hard to describe. You'll have to just listen. It's another. Kind of like uh, artists that it's just like their own sound straight away, you know. Like it's it's very it's very interesting. Did you
0: ever listen to the Garden? Actually,
1: yeah, I listened to the Garden. yeah. Man, I just got into them. They're all real. like The Garden. Yeah, I mean, like I look, like, I love some of the Garden stuff. Yeah, I mean, but I a lot of it, sh- a lot, a lot of it's fucking <laughs> yeah. But uh, some of it's very interesting. Like I, I like what they do. Like it's it's really weird. I also with the fact that they're twins. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very bizarre. Interesting about that. Um. Yeah, I like only they've just, been going for years as well Yeah
0: so like I only So uh, Spotify recommended to me, so They had an album in 2018 Oh I can't remember the name of it now It's the one with the two of them On the cover of it And it's kind of like But when I saw it It was just like Oh, there's just two clowns on the cover. Yeah, and then I realize that that's actually the way that they go on. Go on. It's yeah. a yellow cover. Yeah, I know the one. Yeah, yeah. One. yeah. But I listened to it from start to finish while I was playing Sekiro. Believe it or not, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I was like, this is some of the weird. I don't like. I don't know what to make of it. But like, it's like they'll have like such class songs that are just strange. But I don't know if I like it because it's strange. And then just like songs that are just weird and just like that is just really weird it's really like
1: it's it's really weird they're
0: from New York aren't they they're New York
1: band I think no or, or, I think it's Orange County oh is it Orange County Ca- it's okay. Orange County yeah they're just kind of like one of those bands that are they're really just trying whatever the fuck they want to do which you know like I respect that Did just listen to
0: the new EP that they had this year I haven't listened to the new there's EP there's a lot of metal it. kind of stuff on yeah. it like very like very aggressive like I don't want to say hardcore punk but like it just I was like oh wow this is a, this is a big difference compared to what the yeah. the last couple of stuff what have done been before, yeah. uh which speaks us? uh well, no ooh, it doesn't speak of anything uh if you were to collab with anybody who would it be
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez!
0: But I ask people these questions. This is the one that really stumps people. Mason just went off and did a um, did a Tom Waits impression for most of it. <laughs>
1: of course he did. He was the best Tom Waits impression it's ever. See how it's good so, that impression it's, is. Did we tell you about that beforehand? No. Though? Zach
0: said Zach said we make sure Zach okay, said okay. make sure to ask him how good his Tom Waits impression is. And I kind of forgot about it. And then he just did it anyway. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's it's
0: honestly it's like insane. I'll never
1: forget when he's when he whispered into my ear in the Tom Waits voice. I felt like he was there in the flesh like it's unbelievable. <laughs> uh who I don't, I don't even know. Jesus Christ there's so many there's so many fucking bands. Um like I've been listening to a lot of have you ever heard of a, that band a certain ratio, no? No. I think there's this band I, I I don't I actually don't know where they're from. I think they're English. I think they're, English yeah. they're like, a real, like I think they might be from Manchester. I feel like it, I feel like I read that. I don't know. Uh, don't quote me on it anyway. But I've been listening to a lot of their stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I, <laughs> I've listened to a lot of their stuff, and uh, I would love to have done something with them. They're they're a really really cool band. Really really cool. What do they? What? Uh... It's uh, a <clears throat> it's a bit of everything. Like it's it's ve- it has definitely like a bit of like later on anyway a Manchester kind of sound where you know like you're like happy about, like, Mondays kind of happy thing. Happy Mondays, or like, like, yeah. like but more gritty and stuff. But earlier stuff would have been very like punk like. Um, punk on a disco like weird like really really like weird stuff also they had synths and stuff, synths the stuff and they used like a lot like, they used like a lot of like chorus and flanger on the bass a lot of slap bass okay. with chorus and flanger which I'm a big fan of Um, yeah just they had their own sound which was really interesting and like really really good bops you know it's funny scene,
0: we were watching Nevermind the Buzzcocks with Happy Mondays, and my dad, Sean was, Ryder was on. Sean Ryder he? was yeah. on. which Your Man, who's the other guy that was in it? Um, Bez. The guy that dances all the Bez, time. Yeah, 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 Bez, Bez, yeah, Bez. Yeah, yeah. But my dad was watching it. I was like, oh my god, fucking Sean Ryder's on. And Dad just goes, is he still
1: alive? And I was like, yeah, he is. <laughs> Have you seen 24 Hour Party People? No, the movie. Where Alan Partridge plays what uh,
0: is that you've never seen that oh, I've
1: never even heard of it what is this it's a, it's a, it's, a mo- this? it's a movie it's a movie based on the hacienda and like the Manchester scene in the 80s so it like features like I was your... say
0: Alan Partridge by the way it's not Alan Partridge That's sorry the it's Steve Coogan Steve Coogan, Coogan. <laughs> well,
1: I, I mean he's Alan Partridge to me I'm a huge Alan Partridge <laughs> fan um, Steve Coogan plays Tony what's his name I can't remember his name full name. No, he was like a manager for a lot of those bands and all he owned right. I think he owned the Hacienda, but you should definitely watch it. It's it's amazing. Uh it's, The Happy Mondays in it are incredible. <laughs> Where are they are they actually like they depicted in it, are they? Uh no, it's, I think it's actors playing them, but uh No, I know it's not them, but like it, Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, no, it's all about like uh, uh Joy Division, New Order, Happy Mondays, who that Stone Roses? Stone Roses, I think are in it for a bit. Uh got the Rose. Hacienda? Yeah, you know like that club in like Manchester like back in not the day. The pub. Not no. Cable Street it was, like, the birthplace of, like, a lot of, like, you know, like, oh, no, the Manchester scene and stuff. That. You should heard, definitely, my dad, you should really watch my it. My dad was
0: telling me, because my sister watched Good Vibrations with him, and he would have known the lads in Good Vibrations when Stiff Little Fingers and... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was just like, what were they like in, yeah, like, that whole scene? And he goes, I ah, you know, like, a bop in a bit, because he played, he worked as a security guard around Queens. But he was like, there was this one guy that was there that was fucking terrifying, he was massive as well, and he had a glass eye. And I was like, he's not in the film. My dad goes, Yeah, weirdly enough, he's not in the film, but um yeah, he just was a very rough and everybody knew him it was just don't fuck with him. And if he didn't like you, he would drop his eye on your lap while you were drinking, or you drop dropping into drink and go, I've got my eye on you. <laughs> that
1: like, is such a fucking layers.
2: That's a
1: power move right power there. Move, yeah. That's <laughs> that's the ultimate power move right there. How can you top that? Fuck <laughs> me. <through>. Uh, <laughs>
0: Okay, so I I think we're coming up to the end of it, man. To be honest, yeah. Still, yeah. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Second last question is favorite release of the year.
1: Oof, and um, I really love the uh, the Junior Brother album, uh, the Great Irish Famine.
0: I haven't actually listened to it yet. I listened to that
1: stoned in bed the day it came out, and uh, it was truly amazing. Like he's he's honestly one of like the most like uh, forward thinking songwriters. I think he's a brilliant songwriter. Amazing. Yeah incredible um that was really a great album i think this year I'm trying to think what else came out um a lot of, lot of good music that i have oh man I, I can year. never remember
0: fucking yeah, that's the other thing i was gonna say. it's like i was problem. like i was gonna ask you and i was just like but it was spoiled See, he, he'd be
1: great to ask because he fucking is like an encyclopedia we're <laughs> oh, doing a fucking yeah, show on it next week show. or something yeah i can't <laughs> i can't even remember what I have a breakfast this morning um Oh, like Big Thief's album. Was but that, this, oh, that, was that. Was yeah. this year? Oh, that was this year, yeah. That was amazing, yeah. Incredible. Because
0: uh,
2: was was way b- drug into the world Big
1: That was my introduction to Big Thief was that album, actually. Yeah. That's what got me into Big... I, I, like, I, I hadn't actually listened to them beforehand, so I can't really say that I wouldn't have been into them, but that album was insane it all was the amazing the way much, it was yeah. recorded everything about it mm. when you told me like it was done all live
2: yeah oh that, man they only play live like, like that
1: is just like it's mind-boggling to get that sound live you know from like a like, an, like a studio engineer point of view the technicality and the mic placement and everything must have been insane for that it's
2: like a lot of it not like obviously they're all amazing instrumentalists but they're not very flashy which is like the thing that like i think you know is, is that i love about them is like Book Meek or whatever. He's an incredible guitar player. If you think Such
1: a good name for an, an artist guitar, as well. Like voice. Yeah. You
2: know, it's like, it doesn't, he doesn't play like solos, but it's like, like even the, if, he he a solo, the song, if he serves, serves a song, the song, serves the song, he'll have a really dissonant thing that like in isolation sounds like it should be on a fucking no wave song. But because of the way he's kind of played it, the dynamics and stuff, it fits in totally. Or like, if you played it on a different instrument though, it would sound like, why is this like abstract jazz coming in here or whatever? Like, and the drummer as well, he's very soft. Well, when he, he can be very soft, you know, which which again helps for the yeah. live recording thing that he he could just play the volume where he could probably have a conversation while he's playing the drums.
0: Can I ask what is di- like? I know what dissonant in terms of death metal means, but I don't know what it means in terms of jazz. Is it just kind of just? It's just not. I don't like. I actually don't because I'm not a big me. Mu- like I, I know I just a music well, like, nerd, in but my, don't- in
1: my personal opinion, like I don't think you can play wrong notes in jazz. Like like what is it that I think it's like Herbie Hancock or Miles Davis says like there's no wrong notes if you play them with feeling you know what i mean like, okay and i think that's actually true and like not just jazz it's all forms of music because if you play something to like i think it, it more suits a live environment maybe than a studio or anything like that but if you play with like meaning and you play with purpose then it doesn't matter what you play like it it, and as long as you're serving the song it just fit really well okay but um i mean if you were if i was to describe what dissonance is in like a technical term just sounds. But awful. see, that's what it meant, cause, like, cause, like, I meant
0: because, like, because, I know what dis- dissonance death metal you've, you've, sounds. You've notes of it's...
2: a chord. You've notes of a chord. There's like generally minimum three notes in a chord, and then you have like a scale or like a key that the song belongs to. And a dissonant would either be like generally like the an interval that just kind of sounds tense, sounds right. wrong. Doesn't sound. It's basically sounds wrong. And so, but like you have to kind of use dissonance in such a way that like if you just play notes that are all wrong with the wrong feeling. Sounds like shit Yeah In jazz they'll like Use notes that are like Slightly out And just bring it back down To a note that's Within the chord or the key Okay
1: If you think of it like If you're playing like A really nice song on, So like you have someone Sitting there like on a piano And you have someone Playing a really nice song Like I don't know Like the, the theme From the deer hunter Or whatever And then you just have Some guy comes up To the piano And just slams his <laughs> hand down Like wherever he wants Like that would be Like a classic like interpretation of what like dissonance is a very extreme version you know cuz
0: cuz i know when you say it's not not a genre specific thing like uh we well not 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 a sound, you can't explain it like in terms of like you know notes and stuff dissonant death metal there's a very particular sound to it so see, I, di- I feel
1: like dissonant death metal works a lot better though because it's uh, meant to sound hard it's it's, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's supposed to sound tense and like you know horror but also there's so much fuzz and low 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 resonant frequencies going on that like it's not as it like, they kind of meld a bit better, you know what I mean? See,
0: that's why I asked the question, because I know exactly what it means in death metal, but I don't know when you hear the likes of, say, like, Big Thief doing a dissonance thing, or... Or, well,
1: like, dissonance
2: to, like, Western ears is different to, like, you know, like, the Middle East, or... Yeah, to, like, I'll it yeah, or completely different, yeah. Or whatever, it's, like, because, like, the, all that is based... Dissonance is basically based off of, like, what fits within the Western idea of a scale, which is a very, like the Beatles kind of sound in a way it's like you know or like classical music kind of you know it's like this this box but like kind of major you know, sounding side of, of that western history and it's like you go to like microtones which like doesn't exist in western music theory you know you can be like a, a PhD in music in the west but like you don't know shit about microtones which are like in between of the pitches like that we have set out
0: on it I, like, yeah uh, I have no idea know. what my I remember you trying to explain microtonals <laughs> to me and it literally was my head just going nah, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> it's my no because it did the Western alphabet yeah and
2: then you start having these like things between the letters
0: no because like yeah, yeah, I know when you listen to music that has it like what was the one that I um uh a band that I think showing them to you have you ever listened to a band called Orphaned land? no they're they started off as like a they started off as like a death metal band but they just became a metal band but they use like microtonal music in death metal and it's amazing they have an album called the cave that's fantastic um but yeah would highly recommend there's no screaming or anything involved it's just microtonal mixed with death metal it just makes a cool sound but uh to end the podcast yeah now we're ending it the final question that i always end it with is uh what do you love most about what you do
1: what i love most about what i do um you know like I think it's really rare where like you get to get up in front of like you know 50, 100 like 200, 300 people and you get to express yourself solely how you want to and not get arrested after doing it. <laughs> 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 and I think that's, That might be one
0: of the best answers. <laughs>
1: I think that's probably the best thing about like what I do is that like <laughs> it's a free reign to just be like exactly what you want to do like in front of like a load of people and you know, no one's judging you. In fact, they're... Sometimes, not all the time, they're, they're vibing when they like it, you know? Like, how like how often can you say you do that in your life? Mm. You get to just be completely yourself in front of a bunch of random strangers. Like, that's why I love performance so much. It's like, if you get up there and you just get to be exactly what you want to be for that 30, 40 minutes, you know, whatever you want to call it.
0: That's a fantastic answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I guess we'll leave it there. Also, before we go, obviously... If you- Fuck me
1: that, That's and like I the fourth time out.
0: it's gone on If you have anything to plug
1: uh, You can work away of right Of course now. yeah Plug the shit out of it we got a tour coming up uh, in, in February It starts the first week of February You can get tickets uh, Online Go to my Instagram If you want to find it I've um, also got some I can't say what I have Coming out next year yet But there's a lot of big things Coming out next year as well
2: Possibly
1: some traditional Irish ones. Possibly some trad Irish <laughs> <laughs> Who knows um, And I think Plug the. Can we plug that? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna. We don't know if we're gonna plug it. We'll be playing Wheelands once to watch in January as well. We think. Don't call us on, a, they ask us on it. They asked us to watch out for Wheelands
2: once to watch. Yeah, that's
1: February. in January. Other than that, though, consider February like to be the next kind of thing. But uh, yeah. That's, that's I think that's it so far Doing a lot really of writing
2: got any house parties They want some music I think
1: We will play house parties Like we actually will just We we literally will show up yeah, And play a house we, party We have enough
2: gear To like you know Fund a, a small Record label
1: Yeah But you that's need to You need to give it. us like You know like Possibly a month's notice So I can yeah. you know Arrange it at work and everything we'll But we will stuff. We'll show up We'll do it like.
2: we we'll get the speakers We'll get the amps We'll do it We'll do, we'll it.
1: do it yeah well I guess
0: we'll leave it there (laughs) 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 thanks so much for coming on man no
1: worries thank you for having me Barrett thank you very much Um,
0: so that's the end of our episode for this week I just want to give a quick thank you again to Aaron for being our guest and like you said there Skinner is going on tour in February they'll be playing Galway Dublin Cork and Limerick so you can get tickets over in his bio on Instagram and uh, yeah, if you just like that episode, please give the podcast a follow. It greatly helps us out. And I hope you have a lovely day. And thank you very much for listening.